And good morning. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I would be Glenn. He is Griffin. Tonight, 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 we need you. Chick-fil-A, Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center. 6 to 7.30, we will be there. So will Michael Pierce of the Baltimore Ravens. We are collecting toiletries and underwear for the men and women of the Helping Up Mission. And we need you to come join us. Anyone who brings either $25 worth of toiletries and or underwear or makes a $25 donation, cash, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, I don't know. We'll probably take a, a wire transfer. Western Union, is that still a thing? Whatever you need to do in order to make it happen, we'll we'll get you there. But anybody who does can uh, get a picture or autograph from Michael Pierce. And even if you don't want that, even if you've met Michael Pierce, even if he came out to the Tyus Bowser show a while back when he was there, even if uh, you're not a Ravens fan, even if you're not a football fan, I don't know why you'd be listening. It'd be very odd. But if you know someone in your life who's not a football fan, I just need you to come tonight. Tonight really is how I judge whether the holidays worked for me. I appreciate all the money that you guys raised. Don't get me wrong. And we're going to, I think, spend it tonight. In fact, after we finish up at uh, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. I appreciate that. But, like, tonight, this has always been a very special event. Over the years, I know Bradley and Nikki Bozeman were involved. Our buddy Zach Merrick from All Time Low has been involved over the years. This has been kind of the one for us. So we're asking you, please join us tonight. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center as we will be collecting uh, toiletries and underwear for the folks at Helping Up Mission. And if you have any questions at all, Please send me a note, glennclarkradio@gmail.com. Act like, hey, can we? Could they use this? The answer is almost always yes. Uh, everybody was asking me, hey, I, you guys used to do coats. I have coats. Bring them. I'll, I'll get them. Th- they'll use them. I promise. That's not what we're collecting this year. We can't have too many of them. But if you got them, bring them. But that's not, you know, the t- tonight. What you need, twenty-five dollars worth of toiletries and or underwear or a $25 donation and we Gucci. Cool? Capiche? Thank you. See you tonight, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Uh, Kadria Smile join us in a few minutes. Jeremy Kahn joins us a little bit later on on the program. Yes, the Ravens were victorious last night. If you missed any of our uh, Project Game Day post-game show, encourage you to check it out. You can go into the uh, archives. You can go to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. It's there, Project Game Day, every game day this season. Brought to you by PressBox, Great 8 Smith. No, that's the Tyus Bowser Show. What am I doing? It's brought to you by PressBox. Yes, that's true. But also AJ Michael, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Last night, Femi said something interesting, and I was thinking about it the moment he said it, which was... The funny part about last night is that you can't define Lamar Jackson's performance by his numbers, which somebody would say, uh, it sounds like you're trying to pull out the old eye test. And it's, We all watched the same game, and we all know that what happened last night 
is the reason why Lamar Jackson deserves to be in the top tier of MVP consideration. And yet, the numbers say 14 to 24, 268 total yards of offense, one touchdown, one interception, which sounds pedestrian. Sounds like, eh, it was a fine game. Fine. That's what it sounds like. But every single one of us that watch knows how much more it is than that. I've seen a few different people attempt to describe it. I've seen a few people, different people attempt to tell the story without using numbers. My buddy uh, Spencer Schultz, who of course does um, picks for us every day at PressBoxOnline.com, described it as like a Rocky Balboa performance. Not always perfect, right? Rocky Balboa wasn't Muhammad Ali. Rocky Balboa would regularly be in trouble. What did he say? I'm trying to get the exact words that he used, because I did like them. In a Rocky Balboa performance tonight, it wasn't pretty at times, made mistakes, but had a steely resolve and did what it took to deliver the knockout blows. There is no one player doing more for their offense than Lamar Jackson. That sentence is the MVP argument. The MVP argument is you couldn't put anyone else. Maybe Jalen Hurts. Maybe. As in, you know, you what this team is without him. No, you couldn't take them, right. put them here, and get oh, the okay. same results. With all due respect to Brock Purdy, and I do mean that, Brock Purdy would not be having anywhere close to the type of season that he's having in San Francisco if he played in Baltimore. This is an impossible, it's, it's the difficulty of having the MVP conversation. It's impossible. The eye test part is the part where we say, we see what Lamar Jackson is doing. We see how much trouble he's in. We see how he's making something out of nothing. We see it constantly. We know. There's no statistic that we can turn to sim- in in sim- with simplicity to define it. The throw to Isaiah Likely last night, there's plenty of advanced stats about the throw itself and say there's like an 18% completion probability, which, by the way, how? How was there an 18% probability of that working? It seems like it should be about 6%. You can find those things, but it's harder to find statistics for the entirety of games or for the entirety of the season to define how Lamar Jackson is making it work. Last night helped define that. Last night, when the tackles were getting their asses kicked, Lamar Jackson made it work, almost single-handedly. Not single-handedly, but almost single-handedly. That's the MVP argument. Will he win? I don't know. Next week will go a long way. Like I'm not saying MVP's at stake next week, but... It's possible. It's possible that if the Ravens go into San Francisco and beat the 49ers, that it will declaratively put Lamar Jackson at the top of the MVP conversation. Meanwhile, if the 49ers handle their business, there's still going to be some conversation about Brock Purdy versus Christian McCaffrey, but 
considering we're not allowed for whatever reason to give MVP to anybody but a quarterback, it might clinch MVP for Brock Purdy. It could be that next week defines the MVP race. Which doesn't mean, and it was another interesting point that came up last night as part of Project Game Day, it doesn't mean that Sunday, or Monday night's game is season-defining for the Ravens. In fact, it's almost the opposite. Of the five games post-buy, no game is less important than this one. Well, maybe the Rams game was less important. Although it was at home. So I'd so, argue that made it more important. You needed to, to hold your home field. No game is less important than this one is. It's the biggest heavyweight fight of all of them. This is Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. This is Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis. This is that. Ali Frazier, whatever you want to call it. But in terms of results and what it means, none of them are less important than this one. This was always the one that the Ravens' reasonable path to becoming the number one seed in the AFC, if they were to lose a game, this was the one they could lose. Oddly, even if they win it, it only really means as much as they follow it up with. If they win this game and turn around and lose to Miami... It doesn't mean all that much they won the game. If Miami beats Dallas this week and then beats the Ravens, they're going to be the number one seed. Obviously, depending on the results of week 18. It's going to feel titanic this week. It's going to feel the word Super Bowl preview are going to be thrown around ad nauseum it's going to feel like the game of the century of the year. It's going to be all of that stuff. But the truth is that it's not actually that important. And that's the weird part. It's, it's far more important for esoteric reasons than it is for actual reasons. This is the tell me I'm pretty thing. We all want to feel like the prettiest girl at the ball. And if the Ravens go into San Francisco and beat the 49ers, then they're going to be number one in all the power rankings, and they're going to be talked about. They're going to be the team to beat in the NFL. They're going to be all of those things, and it's going to make you feel really pretty. Does it matter? Not a lick. Not even a little bit. But it's esoterically important. Realistically, Almost not at all. Almost irrelevant. The Miami game is the one that matters. Now, if you want to say, hey, if Miami were to lose to Dallas and the Ravens were to beat the 49ers, we can have the conversation again. Like, what you're going to attempt to do is say, hey, the Miami game all of a sudden doesn't mean all that much if you win and Miami loses. Well, one, let's see what happens when Miami plays Dallas. Perhaps if they lose that game, then all of a sudden we can talk about how much more important Monday night's game is. Because it 
gives you the ability to make that one not matter. But we're going to be okay. We're all going to feel good if the Ravens lose to Miami the following week at home. We're all going to say those all those esoteric feelings that you're going to build up, if you turn around and lose that game, you're not going to suddenly say, well, yeah, but they won last week. The Miami game is the one that's likely to matter the most, almost certainly. But it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a very, very fun week building up to this. There's a little holiday getting in the way, and that will distract from yeah, it. Dumb holiday, stupid holiday. Of all the, I mean, of all the weeks to have a game of the century of the year, it feels like we could have used this like three weeks ago, and maybe a dumb one this week would have been nice. Like this would have been a good week for a for 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 Raiders Chargers. And what was the what, what's what, what's been the 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 least significant game on the Ravens schedule this year? Um, it's a fair question, right? Because the Cardinals game? I don't know. Yeah, the Cardinals. It's exactly what it was. This would be a good week for a Ravens-Cardinals game that no one cares about. Like Just going through the motions. It'd be a good week for that because none of us have the time or the effort and the energy and we all want to take was, days off and we all want to get ready for the holiday. It was perfect last year because they played the Falcons the Christmas yep. week. So last well, year. they also didn't have Lamar Jackson. So that is true as well. Kind of nothing yeah. mattered at this point in the year. No disrespect. I know they made the playoffs, but like the Ravens, of course, clinching their playoff spot again last night. So we know they are in. Now they've got more work to do. And look, the other thing, too, about the next two weeks is that the Browns are not relenting. They're still in the conversation. And unlike the Bengals, the Ravens don't have the tiebreaker yet. So you got to keep your foot on the gas. Well, you know, the Jaguars are the perfect example of this. The Jaguars were cruising in the AFC South. Three straight losses, and all of a sudden things have changed. Now, again, I, I don't expect the Ravens will lose their last three. But next two weeks are really tricky. And you got to make sure you don't invite the Browns back into the AFC North race. So you want to add a little importance to the 49ers game because of that? I guess you can. I, I, I really come down to, like, it's Miami is up here, 49ers right here. And if the base level's right here, that's probably where the Steelers game is, which only becomes important if somehow you stub your toe over the course of the next two weeks. You screw the next two weeks up. I don't know. We'll talk. The Steelers I mean, figure out a way. To I, I guess, right? Like, like I, look competitive. I, I guess. Well, for the Steelers, if there's any way that they can spoil something for the Ravens, that yes, would still yes, that would, um, they will show up. Yes, yeah. that would still matter to them in some form or fashion. The other storyline, of course, from last night is the Keaton Min- Mitchell injury, and it's just crushing. It's crushing. It's one of the coolest stories in recent Ravens history, and beyond that, he's just a damn good football player. It'd be a good story if he was having a so-so season. It's so much more than that. He hasn't been having a so-so season. He has been electric every time he's touched the ball. He's averaging 8.4 yards per carry. That's insanity. It sucks. Everything about it sucks. What does it mean? Well, we know. It means more Justice Hill. Which either means rip up all the zone read plays or... And they haven't been doing... If Femi pointed that out last night, they really haven't been doing a lot of zone read. Rip up any thought of doing the zone read stuff. 
or you better have cleaned up the mesh point. Justice Hill has had a nice season other than fumbles. Save for that, he's been effective. Now, I get it. Like, that's not a good thing for us to be saying, hey, other than this, you can't fumble. You can't turn the ball over. Justice Hill has been effective. Melvin Gordon will move back into the mix. Early on in the season when Melvin Gordon was active, he was helpful. I don't want to oversell that. And Melvin Gordon also has a history of fumble problems. So those are two things that you sort of add into your calculus of concerns. As far as sheer impact, as far as danger is concerned, versatility, all of it. Losing Keaton Mitchell sucks. It sucks that, you know, as good as you feel about the fact that Lamar Jackson is still on the field, you know that this is a Ravens team that's lost their best pass catcher and two of their top running backs now this season. You'd rather have Lamar Jackson on the field. And that's the reality. There's one guy whose injury ends the season. That's him. Everybody else, it stings. And the Keaton Mitchell thing stings like hell. And for a Ravens team that once again last night showed that they were better when they committed to running the football, you'd like to have your most dynamic player on the field in order to do it. And Keaton Mitchell's been the most dynamic. Gus Edwards... You're asking him to go back to being your workhorse and for Justice Hill to provide you more dynamis, dynam, dynamicism. Ugh. Easy for me to say. I talk for a living. There's nobody on the street that's even worth having a conversation about. I mean, there's just... There's no one sitting out there. Like, If you're wasting your time today, I'm like, well, you could sign Adrian Peterson. Just stop. Stop. That'd be pretty fun. No. We no, got Bells out there. No. Oh, yeah. Sure. He knows they, the... Knows they the, knows they the, tried the, that. Knows the locker room. They, he knows the locker room. You're right about that. They tried that. How'd that go? There's just... Which doesn't mean they won't sign somebody to the practice squad the day after they elevate Melvin Gordon. They probably will, but just nobody that is of any... Is a, a, any sort of difference maker. There's no... Keaton Mitchell that can be had this deep into the season. It's what it is. You're going to have to make it work. And it stings. I mean, it just stings. Kudos to Isaiah Likely, who has stepped up big time uh, post-Mark Andrews injury. He's been awesome. And you're going to need these guys to step up in the same way without Keaton Mitchell being on the field. Justice Hill specifically. Again, Justice Hill was having a nice season. He was putting together a solid season, save for the mesh point. So it's a big moment for him to, and it looked pretty good last night, step back in. Is he going to give you eight yards per touch? Nine yards if you include the pass catches? Probably not. Probably not going to do that. But he's played well. And he's going to get his opportunity to prove that he can do even more than that. And he's also been very solid in pass protection. So I'm not down on Justice Hill. It's just crushing because Keaton Mitchell has been playing so well. 
All right, in a second here, we're going to chat with Kadri Ismail. Today's show is brought to you by Superbook. Download the Superbook app. Visit Superbook.com. When you sign up, use the code GlennClark23, and you will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Tonight, numbers moved a little bit. Eagles now favored by three and a half tonight. So there's a hook in play for tonight's game. And looking ahead, obviously week 16, Looking at the Ravens and 49ers, Ravens, significant road dogs. I thought the number was going to be three and a half. The number's five and a half. 49ers, big favorites on Monday night. Five and a half is the number. You feel like that's too rich? I would sign up right now. Use that code, GlennClark23 at Superbook.com. And when you do, get up to $250 in that same-day first bet match, win or lose. I happened to uh, bump into our next guest for just a second on Saturday. He uh, was out at uh, Great Eights Memorabilia's rolling with Santa party that my kids wanted to come to, and I was able to chat just for like a second because he, he was in more demand. Believe it or not, he was signing more autographs and taking more pictures than I was. I couldn't believe that. I, his line was very long. My line was nobody. He is, of course, Super Bowl champion, WJZ 13 analyst. He is our friend, Mr. Kadri Ismail, and he's back with us now here on GCR. What's going on, brother? How are you? Happy holidays to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those salutations. I'm in a little bit of a funk. What's going on with you? What's 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 the deal? Man, Keaton Mitchell. Sucks, that's what's man. going on. It Our sucks. home run threat. It we sucks. just kind of mother of pearl was going along, minding our own business. Everything was fine. And we find that he was healthy. And then all of a sudden he just explodes in the Seahawks game. And all the goodness, wholesomeness of explosive player that is a strong, strong compliment to number eight. And now we are, yeah, we are back to the beginning. All right, let's talk about it because I, it sucks. I mean, there's no way around it. it it's, it's not only, you know, it, it's one thing that it was one of the coolest stories in recent Ravens history. It's, to your point, someone who was performing at a special level. I mean, almost insanely special level. At, in the neighborhood of nine-plus yards per touch this season. I mean, that's bonkers what Keaton Mitchell was doing. That said, Justice Hill has played well, save for the mesh points, save for the fumbles. Justice Hill has performed well this season. How significant to you is the drop-off if Justice Hill can keep performing well and not have the fumble issues creep back up? See how you did that? See how you had to... I know. I had to throw a caveat in. I understand. Yes. That's what I'm saying. See, we have all those caveats when it was sitting there chilling out with our guy Keaton Mitchell. We just had, okay, cool. Look, here's what we're going to do. Here's why we're going to do. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Bam. Done. And you could see, I mean, heck, he started the game. Uh, you, you, You could see where they were giving him more and more carries. It wasn't like they were just, you know, bouncing him to the outside. It was a really good complete running back type movement and play calling and opportunity and it just sucks now because it's not that I'm saying that oh boy is incapable 
he is capable, but he's going to need to make sure he's on point. What is on point mean? He's going to need to make sure that he's able to hold on to the ball, able to have the mesh point. You know, those are some basic things that, you know, you, you shouldn't have to take for granted. And that's what I'm kind of, uh, I'm sitting here mulling over. Like, yeah, this is, this is crunch time. This is when you need to play your best. And sure, we can say he might be able to do what needs to be done, but still, I don't know. I understand, Kadri, I understand everything that you're feeling. But it, it sounds to you, like the way it's coming out, like, man, this this could be the thing that derails an otherwise potential Super Bowl championship season. Is that what you're saying? Not that it would derail it. It just makes it so much more challenging. Um, with Keaton Mitchell in there, I mean, good God. Now you can go ahead and play all that zone all you want behind it, thinking you're going to stop the receivers down the field, and you can have him just have the ball in his hands. He's going to get minimum of 12 yards. You can, you know, thank you, corralled him. Not many guys can stop, turn around, and do a Marcus Allen and go cross the grain and get up the field. And obviously Marcus scored and it was in the Super Bowl, but you get the point. Like what he did on a 24-yard run is just, you just don't do that in the league. You don't, you know, there's just so much speed that, you know, angles of pursuits and all that. So for him to be able to do that was, was awesome. Um, so it, it opens up and it gives your offense more freedom than you otherwise would have. Kadri, I feel like to me, as, as concerned as I am about the Keaton Mitchell thing, I, I feel like the play of the tackles and now Ronnie Stanley being in concussion protocol on top of it is is almost more concerning, right? Not to say that, like, I, I know it's a step back because I know how well Keaton Mitchell has been playing, but I feel like part of that is... I am I am nervous about how much you continue to ask of Lamar Jackson. Not that he isn't Superman and isn't capable of continuing to make magical things occur, as he did a few times last night, obviously, including the Isaiah Likely play. But I, how much can you continue to ask of him when it seems like they're getting their butts kicked and, oh, by the way, you know, Chase Young and, and Nick Bosa are on the docket next? Right, right. That's what I'm saying. That's why Keaton was so special because yeah. – you go ahead and, you know, go upfield and, and try to get to Lamar. And now, so you got 34 back there and he can make two guys miss. And now he's down the football field for a big play. You know, it, it's, it's multiple. It's not just one person, you know, that makes a team a special team that obviously pushes you towards the playoffs and number one seeds and Super Bowls and all that. I mean, you had, you know, for example, you know, Kansas City Chiefs had – a, a Travis Kelsey and a Tyree kill. And it was like, my God, pick a poison um, to go along with the special play of uh, a Patrick Mahomes. And so I think for the tackles, it is a concern. It is a huge concern. It is a huge concern that, um, you know, Ronnie Stanley has been really struggling with his knee and really struggling, you know, as much as I do movement performance training, um, I was very uh, surprised that you heard Chris Collinsworth say, man, you know, Ronnie Stanley, you know, because of all the, the injuries and the compensation, he wasn't able to get down low to kind of root out that block and it wound up having to do helmet on helmet. 
And to be honest, I've seen guys, I myself have been there before, Hmm. where you have an injury, you can't necessarily cut or break the way you want to. Ronnie can't necessarily get down low the way he wants to. And we've seen him be able to do it before, so it's not like he wasn't able to do it. Um, That's what is so concerning. And, and yeah, you know, teams now are smelling blood in the water. This is a great opportunity or was a great opportunity to really – you know, assert your dominance. Uh, but now, yeah, this, this is, you know, again, all hands on deck and, 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 and this is football and football is football. Who knows, you know, what lies ahead. Um, obviously Brock Purdy is going to be under siege. I think the fact that you saw Matthew Stafford uh, a few weeks before this 49ers game is going to be really cool because some of the things and concepts are, are very similar. So it's not going to surprise you, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 frustrating and disappointing because you know it's such a good good ball club, and you can even see also just to add on to that. I know I'm going a little bit, you know, on my rant, yeah. but I'm I'm in the mood this morning. But uh, yeah, you you could see where from a Lamar Jackson standpoint, right as the game was kind of winding down, final two minutes, you could see where he kind of barked out real quickly. Uh, you know, tell everybody to kind of settle down and read relock in and I thought that that was really critical because you could see where you know Lamar and I even saw some of the the tweets this morning where you know Marlon was saying Lamar is different and you know even encouraging uh, him to play better and and all those things but you could just you could sense the urgency and it it, it's 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 right there for the taking Um, and that's why I'm, I'm frustrated with the Keith Mitchell issue as well as with the offensive tackles and their play. He is Kadri Ismail. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Kadri, I want to present something to you because in, in talking last night, and, and I was t- chatting about this with uh, Femi, I feel like there is a thought process this week that is you're going up against those two otherworldly edge rushers with tackles that are struggling, and you may or may not even have Ronnie Stanley. You also lost your, your top you know explosive playmaker. This game isn't going to be the one that defines the season. As big and as titanic as it feels right now, Ravens 49ers, it's it's arguably of the five post-by the least important game that the Ravens are going to play based on what their goals are, right? The Miami game clearly far more important a week after that. There is a thought process of, hey, you want to go try to win the game, but the most important thing to do is keep Lamar Jackson upright, don't allow him to get hurt, and get out of this and be ready for Miami the following week. I understand a team can't think that way. Like, you can't go in this week and say, hey, we're not worried so much about whether or not we win this game. But is there a way that you can construct a game plan to say, let's maybe run the ball, let's not do anything crazy here, because you know it's not necessary. Let me cut you off off right now, because that type of mentality is a loser's mentality. You know, I, I, it just, it, it irks me when I hear that because you never saw in the whatever 11 years run of Super Bowl championships and all that from Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick uh, and all those, you know, especially the early years where the rules weren't adapted to protect defenseless players right. where the rules were a little bit harsher on the quarterback play. You didn't see them resting. 
you didn't see him doing all this. Like, you know, let's, man, are you kidding me? Like the way the rules are constituted now, you know, they, they, they are designed to make it easier for you. I think more than anything, you need to have a mental edge of, of, of toughness to, to be able to, to, to really run through any team. And, and it, and it's cool in my mind that when you see this Ravens ball club uh, schedule, they have that, that really tough schedule compared to other teams. I think it'll season them rather than sit back and be like, Oh, you know, we should just rest them and just wait till the regular season ends and get into the playoffs. I think that is just a bunch of hooey. Uh, to be clear, I'm definitely not thinking they should rest anybody on Monday. Not, not, not at all. I and in fact, part yeah, of but just saying taking it easy and uh, all that. Part, that's part like, of it is just that's, that's it, like sacrilegious football terms. The football gods would be no, like, no, I, I agree. And I, I said, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can walk into the building. I have no in. There's no world where you could walk in and say that to a group of guys. That would be insanity. It's more, are you best suited in your play calling to try to run the ball more? I mean, just say we're going to limit how much we expose Lamar Jackson, we're going to run the ball. No, 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 no. You said mm-hmm. that word again. Limit and expose. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, Tom Brady was not limited and exposed. He slung it around, or Peyton Manning was slinging it and running it and doing all the things. Not necessarily running it, but you know what I'm saying? He was running the offense is the point I'm making. Drew Brees was running the offense. Uh, Patrick Mahomes wasn't sitting back like, oh, I'm just going to be dainty. No, he was running the offense. Not one time did they sit back and rest for Patrick Mahomes. He was like, "Man, I'm, I'm I'm out here. I'm doing this thing. I'm 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 dictating to y'all, not the other way around." Why all of a sudden we gotta be like holding kids' gloves to Lamar? Lamar's locked in. He's ready. Man, that dude is 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 about to 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 you know take this team and do what needs to be done. But sitting back and be like, "Well, you know, nah, that kids' glove thing that doesn't work." I really didn't know that we were going to get the word dainty on today's program, so I want to appreciate you uh, offering us that one because that is that's a ten. That's absolutely outstanding. So okay, so what's the path, right? Like the Ravens are huge dogs on Monday night, Kadri. How do they go out and do this? How, what what does it? No Keaton Mitchell, maybe no Ronnie Stanley. Tackles that are struggling. A 49ers team that is firing on literally every cylinder. How do they go do this? Yeah, they go do this by playing their brand of football. You're a Ravens defense that you know uh, you face two quality quarterbacks and uh, Trevor Lawrence and obviously Matthew Stafford. You face some really tough receivers as far as what Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, and then you had some uh, really interesting play at the tight end position that you know you're going to have to you know, address if you're, you know, Patrick Queen and want that, you know, mega contract and, you know, you 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 say you can play anywhere, any point in time, then if 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 you're Roquan Smith and you're gonna have to, you know, buckle up because uh yeah, they 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 are a talented football team and um if you're a D line and if you're Matabike who having an all pro year, you're gonna you're gonna continue to, you know, be in a conversation as an all timer, well if you're baby, um, you know, uh, Aaron Donald, then it is time to, to show what you can do against uh, a formidable offensive line that is going to try to impose their will. And I think uh, at the same time, you know, um, Christian McCaffrey, he's, he's talented. You know, Debo, he's talented. You, you got to put yourself in a position to, 
to uh, stand up and, and, and hit him in the mouth and, and make sure that um, the Ravens, the Ravens, the AFC, that's a, a, a formidable opponent, and, and you just mess with the wrong team. Offensively, you know, Tom Munkin's going to have to figure out ways to get dudes the ball, whether it be, you know, getting the ball out of your hand quickly, whether it be next level when it comes to, um, you know, sitting there and, and, and connecting up when it's time to connect up. Obviously, you know, they, they did a great job of, of Charlie Kohler and, and Isaiah Likely yeah. um, getting involved more, but I think there are creative ways that you can put pressure on that San Francisco 49ers defense. I feel like the likely story is one that we got to talk about more, right? Because he's not, I don't want to declare him as Mark Andrews today because you got to have the, you know, you got to stack a few years of that. But I can't believe how well he has performed with the spotlight on him the way that it has been the last couple of weeks. I mean, this is, I, we knew he was talented, but to step up and, and in the biggest moments, right? They get backed up on the penalty last night, a 15 yard penalty, and then he's the guy that they're turning to. Um, I, I I can't say enough about how Isaiah likely has stepped up. Well, I I think it's it's about you know recognizing who you are talent wise, um, getting the trust of the coaches. Obviously, you know Mark Andrews uh, giving you some encouragement and understanding on you know what to see, what to look for, and then of course, uh, <laughs> it's being a baller. It's it's being you know present. It, it's taking advantage of, of opportunities. You know, this is, you know, an opportunity league. If you take advantage of it, you, you're going to get more and more opportunities. Um, I think that's, that's what I see from him and, and what uh, this ball club is all about. It, it's, it's encouraging one another. It's, hey, man, let, let's not sit back and, and waste uh, what we've got going on here. And I think a large part is the, the charismatic um, play and personality and, and, and who his presence is in Lamar Jackson that, that gives off that, that vibe. Um, it's, I, it's been impressive. It's been really impressive to watch. All right, brother, why don't you remind everybody about missile training? Yeah, man. From a missile training aspect, I'm a movement performance coach. It doesn't really matter what age you are from my youngest six years old, all the way up to my oldest 84 year olds. I have, uh, high-level athletes. I have working moms. I have, you know, professional moms, dads, uh, parents, family members, all that. Uh, team training, missiletraining.com. That's missiletraining.com. You can reach out to me on there, and uh, we can talk shop. And obviously, if you want to DM me and get some insight, then you can also DM me on Twitter at IamCadreSmile. Uh, always appreciate you, brother. Have a great week. Have a very happy holiday to you, your family, and we will talk again very soon. Thanks, as always, for doing this for us. Indeed, indeed. Kadri Ismail with us here on GCR. Dejected about the Ravens losing Keaton Mitchell, obviously, and I don't blame him for that whatsoever. Certainly, as you could hear, he wasn't saying that it was going to derail them, but... It hurts, and it does. Like you know, we can't we can't shake that. The point that I'm trying to make about Monday is very. I, I want to be clear. Part of it is what's your best hope of winning the game. I I think it's trying to run the ball, trying to keep it away from the 49ers. 
I don't I think it sounds like I'm saying you're not trying. It's it's almost the opposite of that, right? Like what's the best way for you to try? And the best way would be to not have Lamar Jackson get blown up early on in the game. Is it that you fear those guys? Yeah. And part of it to me is I keep coming back to it's not the end of the world to me if the Ravens lose this game on Monday night. It's not. Even if they get their butts kicked, we're a reactive society. Today, the Dallas Cowboys stink. A year ago, or a week ago today, they were the best team in football. We're a reactive society. I'm just, I'm not that type. It's not my thing. I still think the Cowboys are quite formidable. Thank God the Bills won that game. It really would have been a bloodbath for me in picks. It was bad, but it would have been... An S show. Yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah, I'm not in your club. I assure you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. No. You were. You, you were. I didn't have a good week. I didn't have a good week. I'm nowhere close to your club, bro. We'll get to that in a second. Um, if the Ravens lose on Monday night, to me, it's not that they were exposed, or that they're frauds, or any of those things. It's just they lost a game to a really good team on the road and. That happens. And then you go from there. But if you want to win, I think it starts on the ground. The Ravens were at their best when they were running the football last night. They had Keaton Mitchell. They're not going to have him on Monday. That's tough. But I think the story needs to be running the ball. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I wouldn't suddenly start throwing for the funsies of, you know, throwing 50 times. I'm not, it's a, it's a boy, it's a difficult, it's a fine line, right? Because somebody says you fall behind by two scores, you're not throwing to try to get back in. Yeah. I'm not avoiding throwing the football, but I'm not throwing on every down. I'm not. We can all say the same thing, too, about Lamar Jackson and his ability to avoid big hits. Down the field, it's extraordinary. In the pocket, tougher. Always going to be tougher. Even as elusive as Lamar Jackson is. Even no matter how many times last night we watched him create five, six seconds just with shiftiness. It's hilarious that Lamar Jackson gets angry when he's a, in like a one-on-two situation and gets sacked, he's furious about it because he genuinely, in his heart of heart, believes he should have somehow worked his way out of it. He probably should have. It's crazy. It's nuts. Like, in his mind, he screwed up. Two defenders right there and right there. He gets sacked, and he's mad at himself. I should have gotten out of that. That's on me. What? nuts. All right, today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Yeah, we'll go over picks from the week when we come back in and uh, we'll get into pats on the ass. That's on the way. We continue along on a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's... It's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you 
you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. Tyus Bowser Show returns tomorrow night. We will be at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Harford Road. Come join Tyus and his special guest. It's all brought to you by Press Box and Great Eights Memorabilia with great sponsors, AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Tomorrow night, the Tyus Bowser Show. Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Harford Road. Come join us. Look forward to seeing you there. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. All right, we continue along on a Monday edition of the program. Let's recap the week that was in picks. Yeesh. Could have been worse. Could have been worse for me, thankfully. Could have been worse for me as well. Andrew Stecka yeah. went uh, lone wolfy at the end because if he hadn't, I would be multiple games back. Not only would I have surrendered first place, but I'd be multiple games back. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. Only uh, one of us really had a particularly good week. Oddly, it was John Proctor who kind of gets himself back into... Contention? Yeah. Like, not... You know, he can't be feeling good today, but he's back in the conversation. All right, uh, here's how the week went. Uh, Chargers, Raiders. Sheesh. Nowhere Told you guys. close. Yeah, you nailed that one. Like did you, nail like you one. nailed that. I nailed this one. And you got, you, like you said, it, you told us very clearly, Raiders and the under, and you got both of them. You nailed it. I got the important you, one. For who? For your wallet? For for this. For this, yes. You got that. This is a very it. important one. Only myself, KZ, and Jeremy Conn were on the Chargers. And we shouldn't have been. Awful. Um, Bengals really struggled, but ultimately did end up squeezing out a push as they win in overtime. That was, uh, that was dicey. They were down big in the second half. But uh, Jake Browning and T Higgins making T Higgins making, making one of the greatest touchdown catch catches year. I've ever seen. I mean, that was just Every element of that, coming back, fighting for that ball, and then contorting himself. The argument being maybe he was better off not scoring a touchdown there because you don't give Minnesota any time yeah. at the end of the game. But like you got when you're trailing, you got to score. You have to. If it's a tie game, don't score. If you're trailing, you have to. Yeah. You have to try, and that was a hell of an effort. Yeah, they end up winning in overtime after getting a back-to-back third-and-one and, and fourth-and-one stops. How in the era of the tush-push can you not convert back-to-back third-and-one and, and fourth-and-ones? But Minnesota couldn't, and because of that, the Bengals win. We all get a push on that. Indianapolis on uh, Saturday. Slow start, but they got into gear, and they handled business against Pittsburgh since they were only point-and-a-half favorites. That was an easy cover. Griffin. Yeah, I thought I was stealing a point here for about a quarter. Yeah, for a quarter it looked really good. I felt that way about Houston, Tennessee. I didn't, not that I was stealing a point, but that I was getting that point. Uh, Griffin, Kyle Ottenheimer, and Jeremy were all on at Pittsburgh. Um, bit of a surprise, right, on Saturday night. Detroit dominates. I mean, that was never interesting. Which I was okay with because I no longer have NFL Plus, apparently. I guess my subscription ran up, uh, so I got home. You got to talk to the, your NFL guy now. Yeah, it's very awkward. Like, hey, man. Uh, I was fine with it, too, because it was UFC night. So. Although, is there another? Oh, it's, it's the Christmas Eve games, uh, NFL Network exclusive. It was – one of them's Peacock, right? It's Saturday. But Saturday. The Christmas oh, okay. Eve game, I don't remember if it's a good game. It's the I think it's the Broncos. Who are the Broncos? What's the Sunday night? The Sunday night game this week is not on NBC. NBC has the Saturday the night Saturday game, games, and they yeah. got the Peacock game that's Saturday afternoon. The Sunday night game 
is an NFL network only. And NFL Network, stupidly, even if you have a cable subscription, will only let you watch the games through NFL Plus. Really? And my NFL Plus expired. I guess I'm not watching the game. It's a Broncos. Did you uh, watch the games Patriots. on Saturday? I uh, yeah. How'd you watch the games? On TV. Right. So can you do you oh, okay. able to watch the game on oh, TV on okay, Sunday? Okay. I don't have cable. Oh, you don't have cable. Okay. I, see. I have a cable I sign see. in. I don't have cable any longer. So. Gotcha. As I'm. Well, you are going to miss out between the Broncos and the Patriots. It's a, yeah, you can't miss that one. It's gonna that be. one's a thriller. I mean, I'll find a, I'll find a site, and that's what I did on Saturday. It was going to going in and out a little bit on the uh, last game, but that's okay because it was not close, not competitive. Only uh, Ken Zalis, John in Little Rock, and Jeremy Kahn were on the Lions in that one. Boy, the the Tommy DeVito story was fun while it lasted. Yeah, it was. <laughs> How dare we? How dare we put our faith Tommy DeVito? Maybe that uh, Tommy DeVito, Bryce Young, would you rather might go back to looking kind of silly. Yeah. Pan- yeah. Panthers, Panthers got a dominant win yesterday. They scored nine, nine points. points. Thrilling. Yeah. Thriller of a game. Only John Proctor and Jeremy Kahn were on New Orleans. It helps when you just stop giving B. John Robinson the ball altogether. Yeah, I don't know. All. I don't know. The Falcons are a tough team to figure out. The <laughs> I, they're bad. That's they're uh, not, yeah. That's a good point. They're bad. That's a good point. Has nothing to do with our picks, as the rest of us were uh, drunk on uh, the the Italian stallion, and it just didn't work out for us. Everyone, we had a social, <laughs> and we were sheep all slaughter. socially wrong. It's a sheep slaughter. Correct. We were all on Green Bay. Boy, Christian, maybe Christian Watson's MVP of the league, right? <laughs> Like the Packers are rolling, they look unstoppable. They lose Christian Watson, they can't win a game. Tampa, a perfect passer rating for Baker Mayfield at Lambeau Field, Man. as the Buccaneers win on the road, and we all miss that point. <sighs> Tennessee gets up early, they get up big. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm like, all right, handled that one, and then I stopped watching the game. Went to the gym. I, my, here's a fun story. My phone can't decide. No, nothing in my life can decide where I am. The app on my phone switches from believing that my Fox affiliate is the DC affiliate oh. to the Eastern Shore affiliate to sometimes but rarely WBFF to the Harrisburg affiliate. It's all over the place, the app on my phone. You're well-rounded, yeah. At home, it's always the DC affiliate, which is a very annoying. It happened one time this year where both the oh, Ravens yeah. and the Commanders were on at the same time, and they were giving me the Commanders game. And so we had to like recalibrate how it was that we are going to watch the Ravens game. It was very annoying. I want to say that was the uh, Colts game. So, so on, top of ev- on top of everything else. So I get to the gym, and I'm like, well, I guess I'll watch the Chiefs-Patriots game because that's the one that's on TV. And I pull up my Fox app, and they're like, no, you can watch Saints-Giants. Why? Because Tommy DeVito. That's what I watched. They did switch over to the uh, uh, Browns-Bears game at the end, which was fun. Yeah. Um, Moral of the story being... Browns games always... I feel like they're always the longest game yeah, it is weird, like, right? It feels it like they're right always up, playing until It went right till 425. Yeah. They went right from the end of the game to, and now we get you to Buffalo. Yeah. Um, the moral of the story being, I just stopped paying attention. They weren't giving me any updates on Houston, Tennessee. So I thought I had won this one comfortably, and that Sunday night was going to determine who was in first place in the league. 
only to find out the game went to overtime and uh, Houston won. I guess, did Will Levis get hurt? Is that part of the story? Yes, Will Levis, in, like late in overtime, he got rolled up on, I think. Uh, so that's not the reason why they lost. Yeah, it's it wasn't just... the reason they lost. There was a weird clip. I, it wasn't really anything. Someone someone pulled a Will or a Tannehill out of like context of like him like smirking directly after Levis got hurt. And but I, I it looked like it, it not, didn't not look right. Great. Yeah, not great. but it looked like somebody else was like talking to him, so right. it was probably out of context. But it, yeah, it didn't look ideal. Paul Proctor, Chell Stecka, Khan all on Houston in that one. Was stunned by how many of us were on Buffalo and. We were all right. They didn't just cover. They throttled the Cowboys. Um, and Buffalo looks dangerous as hell. May we please keep them out of the playoffs. Just don't let them be a part of it. Let's keep all of these boring-ass teams in the playoffs and not have the Bills be a part of it. Um, thankfully, there's no uh, selection committee that can swoop in and say, you guys that qualified, you're out. The Bills go in instead. Gosh, they are still out. Wow. They're still out. And they don't control their own destiny. It's not like, hey, if they just win all their games, they're in. They're What's the need. they have they have a few teams in front of them too. They have they? the Texans are ahead of them, the Colts are ahead of them, the AFC North is ahead of them. Well, I guess the not not the Steelers, but the Bengals and Browns are ahead of them. Yeah. So they have I'm just trying to do the math on they this. They are the lowest, you know, ranked eight and six team. Right. In the AFC. So they are currently in the ninth position mm-hmm. in the playoff picture. I don't know how They're the tiebreakers... They're four and five in the conference. I would assume that does not help. That That is that's probably the probably next not good. Yeah, that's probably not what you want to be. I have not looked at their schedule. They have a trip to the Chargers, win. They have a home game against the Patriots, win. And they have a trip to Miami, and we'll see... Like, that becomes yeah. interesting, right? If the Ravens beat the Dolphins and the Dolphins... Suddenly it might be it's for the division. Um... If the Dolphin, who the Dolphins have this week? The Dolphins have the Cowboys this week, so yeah, I guess it really could yeah. end up being before the division. Very interesting, very interesting. But uh, yeah, the Bills handily defeat the Cowboys. The only ones on the Cowboys were Kyle Ottenheimer, Ken Zalis, and Ryan Shell. And we had a lone wolf on Jacksonville. Got a text from Andrew Steck at halftime last night. Say I meant to pick the the Ravens. No, no, that's not what he said. He did. He went the other way. He said, uh, hey, "Can I get two points?" No, he said, <laughs> "Hang on a second. He, oh, I got to make sure." He said, "It's funny. I still, I still feel like I'm on the right side of this as a lone wolf. It should be twelve to ten right now." His Jags. <laughs> to which I said, "You're cherry picking. You're ignoring that Lamar also threw a pick when the Ravens were driving, and that turnovers are baked into the Trevor Lawrence experience." Like, that's part of the deal. When you sign up for Trevor Lawrence, you have to accept turnovers. And then you add in the fact that, like, in order for the Jaguars to get the ball back to screw up at the end of the half, John Simpson had to commit an atrocious penalty. Otherwise, the clock keeps running there, and they likely don't have enough time, because they had no timeouts at that point, to go back and get into a position where they could screw it up. So uh, there was a lot of that, like, oh, the Ravens deserve to lose. Yes, it's weird that the Jaguars missed two field goals. Like, don't get me wrong. But everything else I, I don't think is weird or lucky or any of those things. Like, I, I get it. The Trevor it's, Lawrence one, it's weird because he just dropped the football. It's not a play that the I Ravens think he was scared. Made. He saw Roquan Smith that's in probably, front of him. That's probably he said, what. all right. Uh, but 
Turnovers happen. Like, Lamar made a dumb decision on that interception on a night where he was phenomenal. That was a stupid – he had either a running lane or he could just flip the ball right in front of him, and he tried to force something that simply wasn't there. That happens. Uh, let's spend a second, by the way, because I'm not in Jacksonville, so I don't care. But I ended up getting into a lengthy conversation with somebody on Twitter about this last night. We all know what the result was. I disagree with you guys about what the Jaguars did at the end of the half. I think it was the absolute correct decision to not spike the ball. 1,000%. And I will never, the only time where I think it makes sense to spike the ball in the NFL is when you're lining up for a field goal. If you're still trying, this is the NFL. You have worked on these situations a million times. And inherently, after big plays, the offense has a massive advantage over the defense. The defense, those guys up front that have to rush the passer, are all gassed from racing down the field. Meanwhile, the offensive big boys, all they got to do is hold their ground. They don't have to be pushing into the backfield. They just got to try to hold their ground in that spot. There is a massive advantage for the offense in a scramble situation after a big play as opposed to the defense. Now the argument back is, well, what happened last night is proof of why y- the the Jaguars panicked. Trevor Lawrence panicked. It's, they made the right decision. The execution was that's this is extremely the, poor. Both things, both making it a cause and effect is the problem. Two things occurred. The Jaguars didn't spike the ball. Scram- we're in a scramble situation. And Trevor Lawrence made a bad decision. What you can't say is Trevor Lawrence made a bad decision because the Jaguars were scrambling. Maybe. Might it have had something to do with it? Maybe. But I'll never be in favor of wasting even a second in those situations. You're an NFL team. You have worked on these things. You know what you're supposed to do in these spots. Get up. Have a play that you can check into quickly and go. Try to score. And as much as we say, well, it only takes one or two seconds to spike the football, that might be the difference in you having one or two seconds to line up and kick the field goal or an extra play. Because if you, the difference between there's four seconds left, can we run another play before we have to kick the field goal, or there's six seconds left, can we run another play before we have to kick the field goal, is significant. I'm always in favor of it. Trevor Lawrence just couldn't throw a ball inbounds short of the end zone. Like, that's – once he saw that Zay Jones was locked up. And he did take a second. Like, there was a second there before he brought it out to Washington. Once he sees that Zay Jones is locked up, which he was, he's just got to throw the ball through the back of the end zone. And credit to – was it Marcus Williams yeah, that made that? Yeah, it was Marcus Williams. So. Um, yeah, it was Marcus Williams. Made a, made a nice play. You know, that's what it is. I disagree with you guys that think that that's proof that you have to spike the ball there. I don't it and it's not even like it was a fake spider spike or some sort of gimmick. It was let's go. Let's run a play. We have worked on this situation. We're ready to go. Just didn't work out for him. Kind of is what it is. All right. So, the only one of us that was on Jacksonville was Andrew Stetka. And that was important for me because otherwise I'd be 3 games back. Instead, just one. For the week, high watermark was John Proctor. He went 6-2-1. and one. 
couple of five-win weeks. Paul Valley had a five-win week. So did John in Little Rock, as did Jeremy Kahn. Best sign of life he's had all season. Problem is, he's still 18 games back. Probably not going to make a difference. Uh, 500 weeks for Nick Kelly, Ryan Shell, and Andrew Stecka. Griffin and myself, uh, rough three, five, and one. Same for Ken yeah. Zalis. The low watermark of the week was Kyle Ottenheimer. Who I may have two, to. Six, and one. I mean, I got the Bills game right, so I may have to continue using the coin. I don't know. Oh, right. It might be a better. It might be. It might be your own. I'm, I'm 100% on the coin right now. Uh, the reality, Andrew Stecka, who is, if he wins, remember, is allowed to quit. If he wins, he can be out of the league this year. And because he can't avoid losing in spectacular failure, it's now he has to win or he can't quit. Or maybe he does somehow spectacularly not lose. Like he, oh, he falls just all the loses way. all the games. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's gonna be and very, I still, like, yeah, like I very stays close and I still lose. He's 31 games clear of Jeremy. Well, what you, so, so he yeah, has, it I has said to be avoid bottom, bottom losing. Yeah, avoid okay. being the big loser. Okay. I don't think I don't think Scott's got stat counts I feel like here. a loser. So uh, myself, John, and Little Rock are a game back. KZ is two games back. Nick Kelly, John Proctor, three games back of the top. Then Ryan Shell, five games back. Paul Valley, six games back. There's a new vice stat. The vice stat is Kyle Ottenheimer, who's seven games back at the top. And six games clear of Scott's stat position. That's where Griffin finds himself at 65 and 73. The only one of the originals that's under 500. The only one of the original 10 that's under 500 for the year. I don't understand. I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Uh, picking the games wrong, mostly, I, is I what just, you're doing I don't wrong. get it. Feel I don't like understand how I'm... It's a contest. Jeremy Kahn. Doing so bad. Very comfortably at the bottom of the table. And uh, a lot of people pointed out that uh, Tommy DeVito's agent yesterday was dressed like the Notre Dame mascot. And if you haven't seen it, go find it. Jeremy Kahn. Tim Belair sent me a text yesterday like, this is Jeremy Kahn in a couple months. Like, you're right. It sure is. Those are picks. All of our spreads came to us courtesy of Superbook. Again, Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code Clark 23 when you sign up, and you'll get up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. When we come back in, Jay Gruden, he says, the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. We'll talk to him about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, December 19th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Harford Road. It's brought to you by Superbook, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. 
best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more in maryland you're welcome whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure. Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, the Maryland Stadium Authority this morning has approved the Orioles' lease with um, the ballpark, and now the governor is going to hold a press conference, and I believe the final step is a public works meeting later on this afternoon, but... I think I'm to understand that is Faye.com plea, and so it will finally be done as of today after the stadium authority approved the Orioles' lease agreement with the state for Camden Yards. And so uh, we saw some of the details come out over the weekend, a few, not everything, and I think some of the big things are that the development rights are not immediately into the lease. That will continue. They did separate the development rights. So the lease terms 15 years, and then it goes to 30 years if they get the development rights done. So that's the deal. We'll have more to say about it as uh, some of the final word comes out about the lease over the course of today. But it looks like this long, forever long process is finally coming to at least a temporary conclusion today. 
Ravens, of course, big winners in Jacksonville last night, 23-7. to Our next guest says they're the best team in the NFL, which is interesting, ahead of their trip to San Francisco on Monday night. Joining us now, uh, he's got a great video up today at 33rd team. He is former NFL head coach, offensive guru, Mr. Jay Gruden. He's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. Happy holidays to you. Thank you for taking the time for us once again. Well, thanks for having me on. Coach, I you know I, I watched your video today, and everything that you said to me is is similar to what we've said that like this complimentary football thing, that the many options of the Ravens. I guess the only why right now are you confident they're a better team than San Francisco, who they're going to see on Monday night? Well, obviously these are the two heavyweights in the NFL right now, and and we'll let it play out on the field, see what happens. Uh, I would imagine that. There's a good chance they'll meet again in a Super Bowl, quite possibly. But both teams are similar in the fact that they can hit you a lot of different ways. Offensively, McCaffrey can hit you. Obviously, the running game uh, for Baltimore can hit you. The only difference is, you know, Brock Purdy's not very mobile, not like Lamar. Lamar yeah. had 97 yards rushing last night. And uh, what he can do outside the pocket, off-script plays, uh, design quarterback runs is, is a danger to defenses. I mean, when you start your preparation for Baltimore on Wednesday and you bring your defensive team in here, it's all about run fits and how you're going to stop the quarterback design runs. Where's Patrick Picard lined up? Uh, what personnel groups are they in? Uh, and then you got to get to the passing game. And, and even though Odell only had one catch, and Zay Flowers only had one catch, we know how good they can be. And, and Bateman and obviously Isaiah Likely's turned into be a pretty good tight end uh, for Lamar as well. So they can also get you through the air. But uh, I just like the fact that they can do a lot of different things offensively to hurt you and then defensively. They're as sound as any group in the NFL right now uh, in the back end and the front end. Uh, they can stop the run with their big interior guys. Uh, that madman, Justin, not a Babuki guy. He's, he's got 12 sacks and obviously Clowney's uh, got a, a second lease on life and he's playing well. And uh, Kyle Hamilton, I think is, is one of the best safeties in the league as a young player. And I just like where they're at. I like the way they're built and then special teams. We know what Jim Harbaugh does with special teams. They're always going to be a dominant force on special teams, which people tend to forget. So, Coach, a couple things in there. You you bring up Lamar, and last night, like the numbers say, he was 14 to 24. He had 268 yards of total offense, a touchdown, and a pick. And if somebody just read that stat line, they'd say that's okay, that's not bad. But I think most of us that watched the game came away from it saying that that last night was made him worthy of being back at near the top of the MVP conversation because the the plays that he's making, what he's doing when nothing is there. Simply put, no one else is capable of doing that. How much of that do you feel like makes him worthy of being back into the MVP conversation? He definitely should be in the conversation. I don't think he's a top dog right now. I think that's Purdy uh, is a top dog right now with the efficiency he's playing. I think that's seven games in a row, over 70% completion percentage. But, but Lamar, obviously, he's a different animal. They're, they play the position differently. They're both excellent at how they manage the game and and play the game. Lamar is just obviously a lot more athletic and does things with his legs that not many people can do. So it's hard to compare the two. You'd love to have both of them. If I was a coach, if I was fortunate enough to get back into coaching, I'd say, hey, you can have either Purdy or Lamar. I'd be tickled pink to get either one of those guys. They're both great players. But Lamar, some of the things he does, uh, it's just fun to watch. You know, I think I, I think he watched a lot of my tape when I went to Louisville. I think he learned a lot from me uh, with the scrambling and all that stuff. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I made him into the guy that he is. Yeah, it's. A, I would absolutely continue to take credit for the rest of your life, Coach. I think exactly that is right. The, that is the play. Coach Jay Gruden is with us here on GCR. Um, obviously part of the story, and they ran for over 200 yards just in the second half alone, and, and so much of that is Lamar, but – 
Keaton Mitchell had been averaging over nine yards per touch, which is just absolutely insane this season as a rookie, and now they lose him. How concerned are you about the loss of Keaton Mitchell versus, yeah, but they still have Lamar and Gus Edwards, and they still have the ability to be highly productive in the run game? They do, uh, but that is an impressive stat. If you're averaging nine yards a touch, that's going to be hard to replace. I don't think Gus or Justice Hill can make that ty- have that type of production uh, yards per touch. That's for yeah. sure. So Lamar, they'll probably have to design some more quarterback runs for Lamar, and and Gus will have to get more involved. Obviously, Justice Hill is a good third down back. He's really good in protection. You see, they feel good about him on third down because he knows how to pick up the blitzes and all that. So. It's a drop-off, but I think they'll function. I'm worried about Ronnie Stanley. Obviously, he had a concussion last night, so hopefully he gets back. But, uh, you know, the offensive line looks solid. Best center in the league, one of the best centers. Obviously, Zeitler's playing good. Morgan's playing good. So they have other pieces. I'm going to ask you this question. I just posed this to my friend Kadri Ismail a minute ago. I'm going to ask you the same question. The Ravens, you bring up Ronnie Stanley. I, I think it might be the biggest concern is the, the overall play of the tackles, and then you add in Ronnie Stanley being in concussion protocol, you know, Lamar is creating and making things happen, but you're asking an awful lot. Now you go into a matchup Monday night against Chase Young and Nick Bosa, and that is, to say the least, not favorable. Is is there any world, knowing this game, as big as it is, doesn't necessarily define your season, where a thought process isn't, we're not trying to win the game? I want to make it abundantly clear. You're obviously trying to win the game, but that maybe within the game you recognize if something doesn't look right and perhaps you say, hey, it might be time for us to run the football and live with whatever the result might be because of it? Well, I think they're going to run the football anyway because that's what they're really good at. I mean, they had 250 yards last night, and that's what they're going to hold their hat on. I don't think anybody wants to go to San Francisco or play the San Francisco 49ers and drop back and throw it 50 times a game because that's a recipe for disaster right there. So you have to control the line of scrimmage and hopefully uh, you know the backup left tackle can hold his own and you know, they'll get Patrick Ricard out there, maybe get some two tight ends up in a fullback and try to, you know, try to dominate the line of scrimmage like they can do. I think that's the biggest chance they have to win. Throwing the football against San Francisco, it's edge pressure and, and Eric Armstrong coming up the middle, it's, it's, it's not good. Yeah, that's, you're asking an awful lot. I, I, how do you beat the 49ers, Coach? Like, what, what is the – I'm not trying to anoint them already as Super Bowl winners, but we know that they, they don't have a lot of weaknesses – how do you beat them when they're healthy? Yeah, I thought I actually said I thought Baltimore's the best team in the AFC, but San Fran's the best team overall. I could be wrong. I've said a lot of different things, but it's hard to because offensively they're playing at such a high level. And I've mentioned this before. They have the three best blocking wideouts I've ever seen in, on tape. I mean, yeah. Jennings, Ayuk, and Samuel, they're very unselfish. They'll block on the perimeter on screens. They'll block for McCaffrey, and then obviously they can hit you with yards after the catch, and they can hit you down the field. There's really not a lot of things. There's really nothing they can't do offensively. And then defensively, I mentioned they have probably the two best edge rushers in the league tandem, the best inside linebackers, Baltimore, and I think San Fran are probably tied. They both have great inside linebacker play. Uh, obviously, uh, defensively, and then Ward is playing at a high level of corner. So I, I don't know. It, it's, it's very difficult. The best way to beat them is keep their deep offense on the sideline and do what Baltimore does, what they did to Jacksonville last night, have some 8 to 10 to 12 play drives, eat up some clock, and try to wear them down and, and get them in the fourth quarter and, and, and get them like that. Try to get after Purdy uh, towards the end of the game. But if San Francisco plays with the lead, good luck. It's going to be very difficult to beat them. Yeah, it's uh, they are they are a juggernaut, man. They are an absolute machine at the moment. Coach, we saw something interesting, and I, I wanted to see your thoughts on it last night. From um, as you obviously you're an offensive mind. 
Todd Munkin, without Mark Andrews on the field, he took Charlie Kohler, who's moving into a bigger role, but still, you know, has been largely a sparingly played player. And when they were in a tush-push situation, they put him under center, big 6'6 frame, and they had him fall forward. And my first thought was, wow, this is genius. Like, wh- why expose your franchise quarterback to any piles, to anything unnecessarily, and you get a bigger guy. You get someone with a bigger frame to fall forward, absorb the contact, and perhaps be able to stretch the ball out further. Is it like maybe a che- you know everybody else is playing checkers, they're playing chess type of thought to say, hey, when we're in these tush push situations, we're not going to be have Lamar Jackson be the one to take the snap. Yeah, I mean that's happened before. Travis Kelsey, Kelsey's done a lot with Kansas City. They line up a shotgun and motion him back and forth. He takes a snap and does a quarterback sneak. There's been other tight ends that do that. The only reason I didn't do it in, in Washington, I, I was afraid that we'd fumble the damn snap. Yeah, that would be, no, I get it. You know that that would be torture. You know, I'd be going to the podium and say why and hell, you know. Nice. But if, <laughs> if the guy can do it, man, it, it, you're exactly right. You can want a bigger body to push and and take your quarterback out of harm's way. Because some of those quarterbacks take some shots on those quarterback sneaks. And, and Lamar is not the biggest frame guy. He's not like Jalen Hurts with, with squat 600 pounds or Josh Allen, who's six foot five, two sixty. 260. He's a slightly built guy. You don't want him in those piles. Yeah. I, by the way, your thought process about having to go to the podium and say, why did you have somebody besides a quarterback taking a snap, right? And like, yeah. it, it doesn't change the fact that the thought process was correct. Like, you had the right idea. But, boy, you, you can't win that with us, can you? Like, we're just going to no, no, kill no, you. I've, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just the I've way. Had some, I've had some tough press conferences, but uh, I don't <laughs> want to add another one to the list. Um, where are you with the uh, – I, I know the NFL met about it last week. Where are you in general with the idea of banning the tush push? I, it's a quarterback sneak. It's been a play that's been around forever, and I don't know why um, you would do it. I mean, it's not every team can do it. You saw – Minnesota yep. tried to tush push with a wideout behind them back to back times and they got stopped. You know, as a play caller, if you have third and a half a foot or uh, fourth and a half a foot, I mean, that's the best way, I guess, percentage wise to get it. I mean, if you turn around and hand to a back that's seven yards deep or whatever, I mean, it's the odds aren't quite as in your favor, but I think that's a play that's been around forever and I think it should stay in place. All right. Uh, I want to ask you about the rest of the AFC if I could, coach. Coach Jay Gruden with us just another couple minutes here on GCR. Because the question I'm asking is, who's the, the biggest threat behind the Ravens in the AFC? And the reason I'm asking it is because I wonder if there's any chance that the Buffalo Bills are working themselves back into that conversation. 100%. 100%. The way they won the game against Dallas proves that they can actually hand the ball off. And that makes them very, very dangerous. Because before, he just could play coverage and, and force Josh Allen to try to make some mistakes. And then you could you know beat him that way and try to get pressure on him now. You have to bring that extra guy in to stop the run. Uh, Dalvin or uh, yeah, Cook had uh, 160, 70 yards. Yeah. Now it's a problem. Now you got Stephon Diggs on a lot of one-on-one matchups, and uh, they're going to be very, very dangerous moving forward. And I don't think anybody really wants them. I still think Miami, when, when Tyreek's back, is, is pretty good because they're playing better on defense. They didn't have their best game a couple weeks ago, but I still think with Vic Pangio and Jalen Ramsey and those guys, they'll be right there in the mix. Obviously, uh, you know, Cincinnati and Cleveland, I mean, I think both those coaches done a great job with their backup quarterbacks. I don't really think of them as a threat, but right. Cleveland plays really good defense, so they're always going to be in games. And then Jacksonville, obviously, had a letdown last night. And then Kansas City with uh, Patrick Mahomes are always a threat. Can I ask, just because, I, what do you make of the, the Miami thing where they haven't beaten a good team this season? Is that is that an anomaly, or is it, like, genuinely concerning 
they play their best against bad teams and, and don't play as well against good teams. Well, it's good that they're playing good against bad teams because not everybody can do that. Because you know, fair. you yeah, have to fair. beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And then when you're playing against a good team, and you know, sometimes it happens uh, that you win. But you're going to put yourself in the conversation. You're going to get yourself in the dance. That's the most important thing. And then hopefully, come playoff time, you will raise your level of play against those better teams. And especially if you have to go on the road. But you're trying to get a home game in the playoffs. And then maybe go on the road and, and try to get yourself an upset, which they will be able to with the speed that they have on the field with A-Chain and obviously Tyreek and Waddle and uh, Mozart. I mean, they're, they're, they're dangerous. I don't think anybody is really looking forward to playing them. Hey, they're going to be a good team. Let's play them. I don't think you really want to. No, (laughs) no doubt. No doubt. All right, coach. I know the 33rd team, people can see a lot of your stuff, but you also, uh, you got like a family thing going on, right? Yeah. Me and my son do a little taking the points thing just for fun. We try to predict the games on Tuesdays afternoons and uh, have some fun with it. And I'm I'm crushing them in the predictions. By the way, it's still hard hard to do. I, I mean, still feel like you have to get them all right. You kind of have an inherent advantage considering who you are. At uh, uh, not really. I'm, I'm telling you, not really at all. When you try to pick these games, there is no advantage whatsoever. You could literally flip a coin. I had a rough week. I had a rough rough week. That uh, that Tennessee Houston thing is still sitting poorly with me. Uh, at TTP <laughs> underscore NFL is how you find out more about taking the points. Coach Jay Gruden, you can find him on Twitter at Coach underscore Jay Gruden. Always appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us again. Happy holidays to you, your entire family, all right? I appreciate it. You too. It's Jay Gruden with us here on GCR um, offering his thoughts. Pretty funny. He definitely in the I went and rewatched the video. He definitely said the Ravens were the best team in the NFL. He's like, man, I thought I said they were the best team in the AFC. Yeah, he does say in the NFL. Maybe speaking out of turn. It's weird because, like, we'll get that answer, you know, on Monday. We'll, they, whoever wins the game on Monday night will be declared. They'll be the team. They'll yes. be number one in all the power rankings. That'll be the way that it goes. But as I said before, that just doesn't matter. It's just not relevant. Nobody wants to hear that, but it it's who cares who the number one team is in power rankings on December 26th. They don't give you a banner or a trophy or any of those things for that. And somebody might hear this. If you're in San Francisco today, you're like, ah, that sounds like loser. No. Hi, meet me, Glenn Clark. I'm a pragmatist. Pragmatically, I would love to see, it would do wonders to see the Ravens go to San Francisco and beat the 49ers. That'd be awesome. If they don't, I will not come on here and overreact because the story will then be what are they doing against the Dolphins in a game that I seriously hope is not played at night. Seriously. Really, What's the deadline? Really though? hurts that the Packers and the Vikings both lost this week. Really hurts because they were both, if they had both won their games, then they would both still be in playoff position. The Vikings still are at 7-7 seven and seven in playoff position. The Packers, with that loss, they slip all the way to the 11th spot in the NFC. Maybe if both teams win, right? Like, wait, wait, I don't know, who do, they, who do they play this week? Who do the Packers and the Vikings play? Who cares? Yeah. Wow. Dynamite they observation. Matter. They don't matter. No, it does in figuring out whether or not that will be the Sunday night game it, and protect the Ravens from being flexed to New Year's Eve, well, which I don't we, think we, anyone the Ravens wants. Should, I mean, you know, no one wants it, but I, That's they should. That's the point. 
The B. point is, how do you keep the Ravens out of the Sunday night game? The Vikings play the Lions this week. The Lions look really good. Oh, Packers play the Panthers, who are coming off a win. Uh, it's true. They're hot now. In Carolina. <laughs> don't let don't let the Panthers get hot. Hopefully Christian Watson's back. <sighs> I'm worried. I'm worried this weekend. Because I, I really did believe as long as those teams stayed that you wouldn't – the brands are also good, right? The Packers brand is excellent. Oh, boy. That might – it might be the difference. <laughs> I mean, the Ravens, the Dolphins, likely playing for the number one seed in the AFC. God, that will suck. Oh, it will just suck so much. That might be a week where Project Game Day is me. <laughs> Yeah, KZ. KZ's got nothing going on. He'll He's not going out for New Year's. He'll do it with me. I don't think uh, Femi actually is a big go-out guy either anymore, so he might still be good. I don't, and yeah, I don't know where Rita I think to Rita told me she does not have New Year's Eve plans. She just doesn't want to spend it doing this. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, I got a text. KZ wants to retract. I, I got after KZ a little bit on game day last night because he described the uh, throw fire Harbaugh? No, he not last night for a not change, which night, is okay. nice. He was he described the throw, and I I saw Bo do this too. I'll get after Bo about it. He described uh, Lamar Jackson's throw to Isaiah Likely as ill advised, and I said, I'm like I, I felt the exact same way when as I, I was watching it unfold. A Jaguars jersey go up for it first. It was, and then I watched the entirety of the dots because you don't have the all 22 video mm. yet, and the dots say in that moment. It was the absolute best option that he had. It looked, as the ball's in the air, like Zay Flowers is wide open. But it looks that way because the safety who was on Flowers does an unbelievable job of racing from perfect coverage on Flowers to getting back to double Isaiah Likely as the ball's in the air. The dots tell you the only possibility in that spot is that maybe Lamar might be able to notice that Gus Edwards is about to cut back to his left into the middle of the field, and if he does, he could lay the ball out a little bit in front of Gus Edwards and see if he could get to the ball. But it's asking, at the moment where Lamar is about to throw the ball, Gus Edwards is covered. Everybody's covered. Isaiah likely giving him a chance to go high point of football is without a doubt the best option that you have. Now, it ends up looking awful because the safety gets back and he ends up being double covered, but in the moment, it is definitively the best option that he had, KZ says. I'd like to recant the, quote, maybe ill-advised throw, unquote, comment from last night after rewatching the film. Just an insane play by Lamar. Carry on. The safety actually made a great effort to get back, but likely was open. Correct. And still, Lamar somehow, off his back foot, put it in a spot where likely was the only one that had a good chance of getting the football. It's unbelievable. And an unbelievable catch as well. Just every element of it was unbelievable. But the ill-advised thing, it looked that way on television. But after you see more of it, I don't think it was ill-advised. I think it was his best option in the moment. If the safety had come back and made the interception, it would have been an, a phenomenal play. And we would have beat Lamar Jackson up about throwing off his back foot, but we would have had to have recognized it was an unbelievable play. It was going to be almost impossible for him to do because he can't high point the ball the way that Isaiah likely can high point the ball. All right. Um, are you calling him? All right, yes. we'll call him. That's fine. 
Today's show brought to you by the best of issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. On the cover, our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, Brandon Hyde, as well as our Team of the Year, the Baltimore Orioles. Go pick it up for free today. You can read it all, pressboxonline.com slash best of is inside. We also recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year. It is our biggest issue of the year. It is one that we care about a great deal, put a lot of effort into this print issue, the best of issue of Pressbox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Joining us now, the man who... um. Is going to be you're going to see him if you get the, our family's Christmas card. Just pay close attention. You you might notice this man. He is my buddy Jeremy Khan. ConcreteLocks.com, Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan. What's going on, bud? How are you? I'm good, man. So I got to ask about the Christmas card thing because I didn't approach you first. Yeah. Did you enjoy that oh, or was I that a pain it. in the ass? I loved it. I thought it was tremendous. Okay. I thought it was awkward yeah. when it was me that was being replaced. I was like, wow, I didn't realize I was that replaceable. But I even enjoyed that. I found all of it quite entertaining. And I, I, the way that you were able to get people to move that quickly, I got to be you one day, man. Like, I ask, no. <laughs> I ask people that work for me to do stuff, and I can't get them to move that quickly. And there, there were a bunch of other ones that I would send. I tried to send you the best ones, but you were tagged, but I didn't oh. want you to miss anything. Oh. Um, but the, I, just let, I just wanted to let you know that if, if I did have to change places and I had someone as lovely as your wife, I would take her out for a seafood dinner, yes, but I would is. also call her again. Man, you are a sweetheart. You are a determined yeah. sweetheart. Look at yeah. you, pal. I appreciate No, yeah. it was highly entertaining. I, I did like the one where everybody, somebody took my face and put them on everybody's body. Yes, that well. was, so was, that was a lot. Family. That was a whole yeah. lot. <laughs> 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 How many different pictures of me did they find to make I, that work where each face was different? The one of you, though, on the uh, the Nutcracker, I mean, you, you just can't do better than that. That is perfect yeah. of you just kind of creeping and like. And you know the hand, you saw the picture yes. the other day. So Maria Dennis from uh, 101.9 brought, she bought a bag of fake little hands. <laughs> And so, like, I put them, put them, I was doing all kinds of goofy poses with them. And so that's the one we posted online. And somebody took that and put that in your Christmas card, which I do hope that's the real Christmas card, too. So. I, I am afraid that Mrs. Clark may have already sent out Christmas cards, but I am going to inform <laughs> her to run another batch. Like, yeah. it is time to run Christmas in January. Batch. All right. A, a couple of things I have to deal with you. One, I need to know, because I, I, I only got to saw a part of the video when you surprise Rob, are you completely naked or like just no, tarp off? Yeah, because we're in the build. So like, it was weird. I was talking about um, how did this even come up? I I said something on the air about uh, somebody stripping down naked or whatever, and then Joe, our producer, came in and said it would be hilarious if you guys, because I've always had the bit of doing the walk by somebody recording in a studio and then take off an article of clothing, right. walk back, taking up. And right. then like, are they looking up going, did somebody make it just walk yeah. by? You know, yeah, like yeah. I've always, I don't know why I find that funny. Maybe most people don't, but like to me, it's, it's stupid, but it makes me laugh. So I, we were telling a story similar to that. And Joe was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if you just took off your clothes and Rob came back and pretend like nothing happened. And of course we couldn't because as soon as he walks in the studio, he started yelling like, what's, his, what's he doing <laughs> and getting on me. So, but it was funny to get his reaction. And Ed's just in the back 
corner, like giggling like a schoolgirl. By, so, by the way, every uh, Christmas I'm reminded of how many times Ed screwed up when he and Daniel Stern were trying to uh, rob Kevin McAllister's house. I just don't understand <laughs> why it is that he kept putting himself through. At some point, you know, you've cleaned up the entire street. Like, what do you? Why? I know it's the 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 big tuna, but like, come on, man. <laughs> like, take he's one of the wet bandits. Correct. Did you, did you know? I just saw this, by the way. How old do you think Daniel Stern was in the first Home Alone? Somebody told me that we're all older than Dan. We are all now older than Daniel Stern was in the first Home Alone. Like he was in his thirties, correct? Yeah, I think he was thirty-eight. So, boy, yeah, boy. And That's, and the uh, other one that always gets me is when people talk about Wilford Brimley uh, in the movie it, Cocoon, is it, and he's like forty-eight years old, and he looks like he's a hundred. It's there's a there's a Twitter account that's like the Brimley line or something like that, right? Like where it says every day it wishes celebrities that are surpassing the Brimley line a happy birthday. And it's, I, it's crazy. Yeah. Is, Some people disturbing. age gracefully. I age like milk. So. Uh, you are you are looking good these days. You're looking great. I, um, <laughs> uh, I say that. I also wanted to point out. Uh, I. Why have you never got me the the sexy pajamas that I hear you advertising? Why oh, yeah, I should. So I've started because my wife has gotten them so many times. I did give sexy pajamas to my mother-in-law, which I wasn't sure if that was okay. I don't um, – I, I, I'm sure that everybody enjoyed that. I think that's a thoughtful gift. But it was weird when I made her wear it in front of everyone just to make sure it fit and it was nice. Right. But, you know. Just, but, no, like, I, it's, it's funny because I have started talking to my wife. Like, are you getting too many pairs of pajamas where now we start gifting this to somebody else or – how does that work? And I would definitely love to send uh, some naturally nude pajamas your way with that uh, free naturally nude nighty as well. <laughs> I'd really like it if you did that. I, in fact, I'd be willing to try it on for you to make sure that uh, it fits. Yeah, it's I, so seductive with a curve caressing fit. I don't know if you knew this, God. but it's, it's really nice. I, there is nothing that I enjoy more than hearing you talk dirty. It makes me so happy. Um, well, I, somebody, we were talking about the, um, the life mid reads that I do because you know, I always get the, um, the, the erection ones and, you know, the ED ones and all that stuff, and, which all of it's, you know, they, they, they help out so many different people, but like, it's funny because somebody said, why don't they give Vinny the read where he'd be like, yeah, they got more directions, Bob, and uh, you get stronger ones and more pleasurable orgasms, like get him going on it. And I thought that would inherently be great. So I would really we'll like, I'd really like him to do that. Because he did win press boxes. He did. Pitch, pitch man, of the, man of the year he won. Uh, that, yeah. was, uh, that was tough. I want you to know you came in third. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a hotly contested battle. It was a good fight. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I don't know what else to tell you. We heard Stan do the same sexy pajama read, and he finished in second because of it, because it was so. Oh, really? It was not. No, See, Stan has one of my favorite reads, the charm shitty ice read, where the ice is nice. <laughs> like he's, it's the it's the perfect read. I, I love when Stan does that one. Oh, that is good. Jeremy Conn is with us. They still in business? I don't. I, I don't know if we're char- I have no idea if Charm City Ice is still in business. <laughs> um, all right, a couple. One, uh, you're you're good for Thursday, correct? Yes, I'll make it happen. All right, ten thirty. I there's a rumor that Femi's coming by too now. Um, Ooh, Gri- I like that. Griffin, what is the status of the Malort cookies? Where are we with that? Uh, you need to. Your microphone has to be. Yeah, on. it would. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess I gotta find. I gotta locate some Malort, and then we need to find the the recipe. Malort is pretty easily available. Where's correct. Malort? Is it at? Uh, well, so the, the easiest place, the liquor pump, in like uh, right there in. I guess you would call that like off of Perrin Parkway. Oh, um, they oh have over, that, that guy has every like that guy. I tell you what, if you need me, I'm going to be in White Marsh tonight, and I'm going over to the Hamilton. I can stop and get Malort if that's the only place that we can look it up. I'm pretty okay. sure it's more readily available than that. But if you I'm need me to, to my get bar it, bar right now, I have well, I don't have much. 
I don't have much. I have. But I know I love you. No, I got like a shot worth of Malort. Right, and I, if we I, do make Malort cookies, I have a friend that loves Malort, so I'd have to take him one or at least people uh, come by uh, and eat un, one. Understand it. But are, is there a willingness to do it, Griffin? Me? Uh, uh, of oh, doing Griffin. cookies? Yeah, yeah the yeah, Malort yeah. cookies. Yeah, yeah, All right, we, we got to make done. that happen. All yeah. right, Malort cookies are on the list. Is, I right. ordered the fiery um, bean boozled jelly beans. Oh, I, nice. I had those shipped over. They should be getting here on Wednesday, so we should have those in time. So we will incorporate that into some sort of game that we play, probably a John Proctor trivia a contest of some sort. Um, I, I had a suggestion over the weekend, Jeremy, that you and I attempt to recreate the Kelsey Brothers version of uh, Fairy Tale of New York. Are you down I don't for know that? If I- I'm down for anything, but I don't know if it's heard it yet. Know about that. Oh, you haven't heard? They did a, a Jason and Travis recorded them singing Fairy Tale of New York a couple weeks ago, and it was literally the number one song in the country. Like, Really? Yeah, I mean, Didn't hear it. Yeah, well, uh, I had the flu all last week, so I was really in bed. It, the two days that I went to work, I came right home and went right back to bed. So, All right, so that was that was a fun time. It's basically it's honest to God. If you know Fairy Tale of New York, it's just like the, the, a dude doing a chick part, right? Like one of us has okay. to choose that we're gonna do uh, Christy McCall's part from Fairy Tale of New York, and we will handle that. I don't have music live music lined up yet, but I will work on that today. Um, I know that Guilford Hall Brewery is coming by with beer for us as well. Nice. Uh, John Colson's working on the food. We're gonna have a day on Thursday, so you can still get in if you want to join us. But you gotta commit to donating a hundred dollars to helping up mission. Seems like a pretty. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime, or at least until we do it next year. Hundred percent. Um, it's a <laughs> it's a every year in a lifetime opportunity. Is what as, as soon as I was saying it, I'm going. Aren't we going to do this again yep, next we year? We will so almost maybe. certainly do it again next year, and we will do Just something. We will do even <laughs> dumber things. I have no doubt when we do it again next year. Um, I'll juggle with a beer bottle in my ass or something. I'm not very good at juggling, but. <laughs> I'm willing. I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to see. For you guys, I'll try anything. Oh, I know that's true. All right. Uh, you want to say anything? I I, I don't want to keep it forever because we're having to do the whole show on Thursday. Anything you want to say about last night? Anything you want to say about the rave? I I don't know. No, I mean, look, the Keaton Mitchell stuff really sucks, man. Yep. Because I thought he was kind of coming into his own, and and like outside of the football thing, you just feel really bad for a player that. Like, I do think the Ravens are going to miss him because there's an explosiveness that I I don't know that anyone else in that backfield besides Lamar has. And when you have those two guys in there, I feel like that speed is something that teams have to, like you look at what Miami deals with on a daily basis because they have that speed and, and what teams try to do when they're not, or when they don't have one of those guys, it's just crazy. So now you see the, that type of speed in the backfield that the Ravens could have. Um, I was just really liking it and hoping that he was going to start getting more touches. So it was just a horrific injury to watch. Other than that though, I mean, they're five point dogs at San Francisco. Um, I think they're going to be in that game. And Lamar is right there up top with some of the guys from San Francisco, Purdy, McCaffrey for the MVP right now. So it turns out that it's a stupid thing, but that game means so much for the MVP race. But ultimately, I think it's a nice litmus test for the Ravens to see where they're at because I do think the 49ers are the best team in football. It's, it's a weird thing for me to talk about, right? Because that part of what you, what you just said is absolutely true, right? What's at stake on Monday night is whoever wins that game is the number one team in all the power rankings, and it might very well determine who wins MVP. And yet at the same time, I have to be realistic about it. I don't think it's a critically important game for the Baltimore Ravens. Like, I, it would be it's cool not. if they won. It'd be fun. But if they don't, I don't think it changes much of anything, nor does it not, nor do I come away from it saying, well, well, now they can't win the Super Bowl. You know what it tells me is, like, the fact that it's five points. Like, 
I, I've talked to some people in, in, in the industry, and they've always said, and whether it's true or not, when, when they come out with that number five, they don't really know which direction to go because it's, I mean, you're so close to seven, you're right. so close to, you know, even right. they can work down to that four, three and a half range, but it's a really weird number because you don't expect games to fall on it. But there are things that I think you'd have to look at. So the Ravens would be on back-to-back road games coming off of, you know, it's not a short week, but when the travel late at night, it does kind of change things. Um, and now you're going to face arguably the best team in football and one of the hottest teams in football, and you're only a five-point dog. I think it says a lot about them because if they can win this game, I'm not saying the deck stacked against them. It wasn't like they, you know, they're coming off of a, a, a super short week and got to play these guys again or whatever. Um, but the travel does, I mean, that falls into it. And then you've got that possible look-ahead game to Miami. So and that's the more important one right now with the way everything stands. But Miami has the Cowboys this weekend. So um, be Dallas fans for uh, Ravens yeah, will be Dallas it, fans this weekend at least. It is a, it is a funny thing because I can say it doesn't matter. But as we pointed this out earlier, if Miami were to lose on Sunday and the Ravens were to win on Monday, you kind of make the Dolphins game no longer matter, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a weird vibe. I just can't overreact to this one. It's a big game. It'll be a fun night. The entire country will be paying attention. I just don't know that the result is all that significant when it's all said and done. I just try to have to be uh, realistic about it. And then I'm, I'm gonna, I want you to answer this question honestly. I want to have a legitimate conversation about this, which you mm-hmm. and I aren't good at. Um, you're no longer taking checks from PressBox, so you can, you, you can have an informal opinion about this. Or yeah. impartial opinion about this is what I went to say. We did our best of issue last week. And we named Brandon Hyde this year's Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. Your thoughts? I love it. Um, you know, like it's you start thinking about different people, and I, I just love what he's been through. Um, obviously, you're going to look for one of the bigger sports stories or something that's really cool, and you guys are going to pick. I think the Orioles probably were the best story this year, um, and maybe I'm missing something, but or I'm biased on it. But I love the fact that because I do think he's a genuine person. Um, he was one of those guys that was around Mo, and, and I do believe he's also one of those guys that there's no excuses with him. Like, he's not one to sit here and say, well, this is the reason why well, I got the lowest payroll. I didn't have this. They just keep plugging away and pushing forward. And it's weird because I thought he was going to be the guy before the guy that he was doomed to get fired. And now I want to see is what he can do when he has more, when they start spending money, whatever that is. But uh, I do I, I do like the pick there. Um, and I think it's so cool that Pressbox does it, man. i I mean, I have my ties with PressBox, obviously, with me starting my website and everything else and some of the other work that's coming up. I'm joining the Green Turtle Sports yeah. Book. Which, um, so I'll be there in, like, Towson and Canton. I think tonight I'm in Canton giving away some 50-yard uh, line Raven seats. So if you come out, and it's free to sign up. Um, but, like, all the gambling and different things we're going to do, I'm just – I'm really excited to be a part of that. So, uh, obviously, I got pulled in some different directions. But I have, like, the utmost respect for PressBox, and they did a lot for me over the past couple of years. So it was really – a kind of a tough decision that I don't even think I really made it. I think my business partner beat it, but, but, um, but I still love doing it and obviously love coming on the show and chatting with you guys. No, and we appreciate it. Well, mainly that. Griffin. I mean, no, right. Correct. correct. Did you see Griffin in his underwear a couple weeks ago? Was, you know? I did, but I, I mean, I've seen that so many times. That's a great point, right? You old fr- hat at this point. Our, our, yeah. our, we had to hose off our friend, Wendy. She was so excited about it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she was. Well, she was quite She's interested. She's on the prowl? Yeah, she was very, very... Her, uh, when is she coming in for a drink and show? I asked her, her about Thursday. Would you text her? Like, I, I, yeah. I said, do you want to come in on Thursday? She's like, well, you know I work at night. I'm like, Wait, Wendy, I do the show in the middle of the day. You know that. Like, you've done it before. Yeah. 
So can you text her and try to pressure her into coming in on Thursday? Because I don't know what the deal is. It's not that far from her house either. So like, we all, I think we, we can make this. The only issue is I, I'm not allowed to curse as loudly and frequently as I did last week. Or last no, week. We're further away. We're further, apparently, we nearly got kicked out of the building or something like that last year because I, I was. That's, that's, we're definitely going to be louder this yeah. year. So just let John and everyone know. <laughs> and if the Navy needs to come over, we can handle that no. by ship or by sea, whatever. I don't know what what, what we say, but we, actually, and, we appreciate it. Yeah, we do love. The Navy. Let's make it. I think it's the Army, actually, who's next door. We like them both, though. Like fans. Oh, it's the Army? Oh, yeah. then I'm definitely on board. Yeah, right. Get <laughs> the boots on the ground, baby. Let's what, see what that's happens. That's what you've always said. We used to have a um, like a toddler thing across the hall, like across the way. There was like a, a child care thing. Uh, apparently, yeah. uh, they decided to move out after we had it. We sent our intern out to sunbathe one day. <laughs> and, In his underwear? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, is, is there another way? Trunks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, they moved out shortly after that. So, Well, if I show up in my underwear, maybe Griffin and I can do a jog around the building. I, that would be okay. I think, you know what? This is a popular area for jogging, <laughs> so I am in favor oh. of it. All right, uh, ConcreteLocks.com, at Jaycon Sports, Big Bad Morning Show. And as he mentioned, the Green Turtle you can now find him uh, basically all the time, correct? Like it's either you're at the radio station or you're at the Green Turtle. Yeah, most of the time. I mean, it's usually like four, five days a week. I'm uh, I'm there for the football games uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. And like I said, Monday in Canton, giving away tickets. Thursday in Towson, giving away tickets. So, yeah, good time. Awesome, man. Love you, buddy. We will see you on Thursday. Looking forward to it. I'll see you guys. Thanks, man. Jeremy Kahn with us as he is every Monday here on GCR. All right, when we come back in, we are going to go over Pats on the Ass, then we'll get a tidbit and two-bit to wrap up for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GLENNCLARK23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. 
Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, you got to do white sugar, powdered sugar, a whole egg, grapefruit zest. Grapefruit zest. Is that substitutable or? Uh, what is AP flour? Is it what just is flour? grapefruit zest? Zest is just, you, you, you get a grapefruit and you, you know, like. Uh, oh, oh, like peel, like a. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. Like, okay. No, I mean, you're, you're good here. Um, flour, cocoa powder. Kosher salt, baking soda, unsalted Kosher. butter, vanilla extract, oh, and yeah, so it's cookies. Just yeah, more Malort. or less, and grapefruit zest. I don't think most cookies have grapefruit zest. I think that's a, a little bit different. They uh, look, they look. So delicious. I have to make a grapefruit zest, or no? You don't. It, it, I don't it, know what it, zest is. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to. You you basically are grating. A grapefruit, like more right. or less, like you're more or less. You think like Walmart just has like a package of zest? I don't think they just sell zest. No, they should. You're more or less just grating. Okay. The grapefruit. Okay. All right. Gosh. You can handle this. I <laughs> thought Lynn's chili bowl was gonna help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I won't be alone. <laughs> I won't be alone, but. I believe in you. Oh man, this guy's just drinking my lord. Well, that that part is disturbing. Like we agree upon that. Okay, I see. The problem is I'm afraid the cookies are good. Like, I'm afraid that I we're going to enjoy think, the cookies. Would I think, think, so, I think right? maybe you might have to use slightly more Malort than the guy suggests just to make sure that, that we don't fully enjoy the cookies, right? Like, I'm not saying overwhelmingly more Malort. 398 grams of sugar. Why That's a lot he, of sugar. Why is he... Why is he... What? What, that... I gotta measure out. How do you? How? Whatever. I'll figure it out. I believe in you. I believe in me too. You seem very nervous about this. No, I, I'm not nervous. It's just. It's just making some cookies with some malort, man. <laughs> you can do this. Like I, I think you can handle it, and it's gonna be the star of the show on Thursday. 
Should we invite David Boy back in, or should I try to get like somebody to just come in and play music the whole morning? I haven't decided that yet. Uh, I mean, like I was I thinking enjoyed... about Dennis Shockett or Rob Fahey mm-hmm. maybe coming in and just playing some tunes during the course of the morning. I, again, I don't remember who it was. Somebody hit me up this weekend and said, if you guys are doing this, you should attempt to do the fairy tale of New York thing. Which, I, uh, the boys in the LAPD choir singing, go away, baby. And the bells are ringing out. This cr- I'm not going to say the F word. I know that much. I'm going to pass on that. Uh, there's like a 10-second clip you want me to play? Of what? Of, of the Kelsey's yeah, version? Yeah. Sure. You can play that. Got cars, biggest bars. They got rivers of gold. With the windows right through you. No place for the old. When you first took my hand on a Did they rewrite the lyrics for Philadelphia specifically at all? Yeah, because that's broad. He said Broad Street, so it's got to be that oh, they rewrite. I guess, I guess so. So guess should so. can okay? Here's what I want you to do. Oh my god! No, 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 no! You're a part of this thing. You want to handle all the charity stuff I'm doing this week? I'll do this. All right. You're the producer of the show. All right. Let me start writing stuff down. Malort cookies. Malort. I'm gonna have to eat a penitone. Oh, did you lose? Where? So it's gonna come oh. out of the wire here. Okay, I have. Where are we at? I have the. I'm down by four. And he has A.J. Brown. I have Devontae Smith. So it's not looking good, but, like, you know, there's, it's not impossible. <sighs> I don't know how I would feel about that. I'm trying to pull it up right now so I can see it in front of me. I, I, I mean, I should have played. Uh, I should, if I played Baker, I would have been in a better position. I still, not, like, that much better because Stafford had a good, good, good game as well. Um, but I got, I mean, I got killed because Tyreek Hill didn't play. Chris Olave didn't play. I was starting to taste some Hill. Taste some, uh, Dalton Kincaid got you zero. Eight, you have an 18% chance of winning. No, this don't mean anything. Well, it means something. <laughs> it means nothing. So you would need everything to go to Devontae Smith tonight. That'd be, uh, that would, that would, yeah, that'd be nice. Imagine this, <laughs> like, coming down to I the need, I need A.J. Brown to go ahead and, I mean, you know, twist his ankle, not nothing serious, but, you know. All right. You're going to you're going to lose despite the fact that he got negative points from two different players. Do you realize that? No, I'm not going to lose. He got negative points it. from uh McManus and from Dante Foreman. Gave him negative points. I got 0 from Kincaid. Yeah, that's and more than negative Taysom points. Hill. You got more from Kincaid than he got from Dante Foreman. He got negative points from Foreman. Oh boy. Well, I fuck. I, Whoa! I, I whoa! I, I I didn't say. Whoa! Anything. I didn't say. I didn't have. Whoa! Taysom or I didn't have Tyreek Hill. Hell. I'm getting mad because I didn't have Tyreek Hill or Chris Olave. You guys made me agree to this bet, and I would have won didn't easily. Make you do anything? You made me do it. No. You, you did you do the underwear thing? You backed out on that. You agreed to this. One. I did the underwear thing. No, the second one when I wanted well, no, you to I double down do the on the one. Un- yeah, exactly right. I didn't make you do this. You keep trying to use those words. It don't mean what you think it means. You said no to that. You said yes to this. That's how it works. And you know what we honored? Did I force you to do another show in your underpants? No. No. Now, I think anybody would would enjoy it if you chose to. I think there would be plenty of fans for you to choose that. Did I force you to? No. This was on you. You made this decision. Could have used a Chuba Hubbard touchdown or something. That would have been nice, wouldn't it have been? Could it maybe the Broncos not falling behind by a billion and running yeah, the ball? A little bit? Did that would have been good. That would have been good. I did win. I, I'm gonna win comfortably in my other league, which is nice. That doesn't help you in this situation. <laughs> can I? Can I take right, some of those so, points? So here we do. Malort cookies. Right. All right. You need to talk to John Proctor today. 
see if he's coming in, see if he's going to make a quiz. Because if he's not coming in, then you got to figure out if you're going to host the quiz. All right. I need you to look at the lyrics of the Kelsey's version of Fairy Tale of New York. Or fa- I think they did Fairy Tale of Philadelphia. And I want you to see if there are areas where Jeremy and I can re-sing it with a Baltimore theme. Say Fayette Street. And yeah, I mean, that would be one. I don't know if it would be Fayette Street. We'd have to think about how the, the, the tone works. Yeah, and yeah. I can help you with this, but you've got to look over the lyrics and present to me. Unlike most days where we just sit in silence together after the show's over. Like an old married couple. Like, huh, stock market, huh? What are we having for dinner? We're not going to do that. We're going to work together. All right? You're going to look over the lyrics. You're going to pull out things or other areas where you feel like perhaps we can do a Baltimore-inspired version. And we got to decide on music for Thursday, too. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed the boy. Last year. I love David Du Bois, but, but he's I, not going to sit am... in here and play music all morning with a guitar, right? He's just yeah, going to yeah. sing Crabs for Christmas, which I don't get me wrong. I enjoy a great deal. I feel like maybe, you know, Rob Fahey would come in perhaps if he's available and play music all morning for us, like in and out of breaks, things like that. Gotcha, yeah. He has a Christmas song that he loves. What's his Christmas song? It's something about, uh, he's got a Christmas song that I think is about dogs and it makes me cry. I'm like, oh, Rob, don't do that to me. I can't handle it. And I'm not allowed to, to scream curse words on Thursday. So somehow we have to keep that in check. I got to add that to the list too. I mean, we got to have like a rule. Or like maybe we set out uh, words that you have like a list of things that I'm allowed to say. Like you, you got to work really hard to. Oh, dag nabbit. You know, like yeah. something like that. You got to work on that for Thursday. Okay. Our, our drinking show. Okay, all right. And then help me with the charity stuff too. All right. Uh, tonight. Okay. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Need you there with your donations for helping up mission. Need you tonight, 6 to 7.30. We'll be there with Michael Pierce. Make $25 worth of donations or donate $25, and you can get a picture and autograph with Michael Pierce. So please, please come join us, 5198 Campbell Boulevard, in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center. That's where we'll be, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Don't embarrass us in front of Michael Pierce. Like he's coming out to do this. Don't have like six people show up. I'm like, come on, man. Let's go. I need I need y'all to be out there tonight. Just swing through. Even if you're not staying for dinner, or if you can't, just swing through. Say hello. Help us out. Help us as we help the helping up mission. All right. Uh, Pats on the ass are brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Griffin, what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? Over at the Live over at the Fanduel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland, they have the second chance drawing going. Not a lot on. of time left for yeah, that. Yeah, not though. a lot of time. Uh, if luck was on your side, maybe you're you're, you're following my my uh, picks for whatever reason. I don't know why you'd still be doing that, but in case you were. Uh, you could turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion because between now and, as Glenn said, it's winding down January 4th, 2024. That is the last day to, to get in on this. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum, and then two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen with prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social, ultimate happy hour, plus cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday. Over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLE. All right, uh, let's do it. You know the deal. Pick five Ravens. Rank them five to one. Number one is your man of the match. Got to have two offensive players on your list, two defensive players on your list. The fifth can be a special teams player, a coach, or another offensive or defensive player. 
Um, I will tell you that there were really only six guys that I legitimately considered from last night. And the guy that I left off was Brandon Stevens, and I felt bad about it. Actually, that's not true because I thought about Marlon Humphrey, too. I thought Marlon Humphrey had a good game. But uh, I, I agree. I, I had, he was my sixth guy as well yeah, that, that I ended up leaving off. Those were the only ones that were tough for me uh, to leave off the list. Uh, Keaton Mitchell is my number five. Obviously, it stings, it burns, it hurts, it sucks. But when they finally committed to giving Keaton Mitchell the ball, everything looked different in the second half. They ended up running for over 200 yards. Just sucks beyond sucks. But Keaton Mitchell is my number five. Uh, I went with uh, Kyle Hamilton as my number five. Um, okay. I mean, the fact that he was even out there was was pretty incredible. And then he played. I mean, he played every single snap. And uh, and I mean, he was making plays. That tip ball in the end zone the, to mess up the the timing for the Ridley play. Maybe you know you look back at it. Maybe it was a touchdown. Should have been a touchdown. But he tipped it enough, and it raised enough doubt that you know with these officials, that's pretty much all you need to do. So Kyle Hamilton. I mean, he's just. He's just so good, and and uh, they are a different. They look like a different, as different as they look with Roquan Smith on the field as a defense. They look different with Kyle Hamilton on the on the field as well. So Kyle um, Hamilton, he's my number four. I thought he was dominant in the first quarter. I thought he was the best player on the field in the first quarter of the game. Kyle Hamilton's my number four. My number four. I went with uh, Kevin Zeitler here. Okay. Um, because I mean, they ran for they ran for two hundred alone in the second half, right? Um, I wasn't really sure because obviously the tackles didn't look great. I was thinking maybe you throw in Falele or McCarry here, uh, but you know uh, Kevin Zeitler's just—he was so solid. He, you know the fact that we really didn't say his name at all. I, there were numerous times where I saw him downfield blocking. Um, so Zeitler, you know, you know uh, Simpson obviously had the penalty, so I didn't want to go with him. Linderbaum. Um, this, the the snap issue from last week still kind of fresh in my mind, but Zeitler had a really solid day, uh, and uh, on a day that they ran. The ball, the heck out of the ball. Uh, I will go with Kevin Zeitler as my number four. Um, I get it. I, it was tough with the offensive line. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't put an offensive lineman on my list, but I hear you. I hear you. I had to. Uh, number okay. three, Justin Matabike. Uh, should have had another sack, but the NFL has this dumb rule where if it's an intentional grounding. I, Femi and I talked about it last night. I heard Brian Baldinger talking about it yesterday. You're literally stealing money away from guys. Like you're changing the trajectory of their career. Because they don't get credit for a sack that like they they had when it's an intentional grounding, it's a sack. That's what it is. It these are there's some dumb statistical things I've talked about. The lack of logic in certain spots, particularly given the emphasis that we put on statistics, I said for a long time, pass interference yards earned should count for the pass catcher. The way that we talk about, the way that we would like goof about Torrey Smith, well, like, yeah, if you counted his pass interference yards, like they didn't count. Like guys weren't interfering with him because he was so good at breaking down free and getting open downfield and was a threat to have explosive plays all game. You're taking money away from guys because we define them by their statistics. Sometimes it's even more simplistic. They have escalators they have uh, incentives in their contract they get the certain numbers that they'll have cash on you're the you're the reason why a quarterback committed an intentional grounding you should get credit for a sack and Justin Matabike would have had a couple last night but still just patently absurd 11 straight game and it's just it's bonkers I don't know how to explain it Justin Matabike is my number three my number three, I went with Isaiah Likely here. Um, similar reasons to Zeitler. I mean, he was obviously made some huge catches, a, a touchdown in there, the, the play of the year. 
um, uh, potentially the catch of the year, I guess, for the Ravens. Um, but uh, you know, more importantly, he w- I, he was blocking his ass off. Like I felt like there were there were there was numerous occasions where Lamar was getting upfield, and all you saw uh, was Lamar running, obviously, and then you saw eighty likely because he was blocking somebody and he had his back to the play because he was uh, he was sealing the edge there and uh, made a lot of room for Lamar to run for nearly hundred yards. So Isaiah likely obviously had a great game uh, in in several facets last night. Isaiah Lake was number two. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's number two. That's that's that. Number I had Matt. I had Matt BK as my number. Fair two, enough. So, uh, Lamar's number one. There's no way around it. Magic. I mean, just Lamar Jackson doing Lamar Jackson things. Other humans can't do. Lamar Jackson's number one. We don't need to really spend a whole lot more time on it. Yeah. Um. I mean, imagine thinking you know he wasn't worth that contract. Like, goddamn, it's Lamar. He's Lamar. Unbel- He is unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, uh, those are ours. Not a whole lot of other suggestions. Some people were trying to be silly and wanted to give it to uh, Brandon McManus. Uh, appreciate that. I certainly get the uh, <laughs> I get the bit, but you know, we have we do a thing. It's what it is. Uh, uh, Stephen Pimlico wanted to put Justin Tucker on the list. This goes back to like th- those are all kicks Justin Tucker should be making. I know you're saying, well, the other guy didn't make all it. Stop. It's a far bigger problem if Justin Tucker didn't make one of those kicks. A couple people that wanted to put uh, Brandon Stevens on the list, 100%. I absolutely consider Brandon Stevens, and I consider Marlon Humphrey. I really did consider Marlon Humphrey, who I thought had a very good night last night. Continue to get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Not a lot of debate to me. I thought it was a small group of guys that really stood out last night and um, were the ones that were deserving of consideration for Pats on the ass. Uh, Did... Is this true? Did uh, Tenacious D come out? Oh, the, yes. Yeah, Tenacious D walked out. Were they with, playing Wonder Boy? Yeah, they were playing Wonder Boy. Like live or was it just No, no, no it was yeah. like, yeah, it was over the thing. But uh, but he was at uh, Jack Black was in uh, Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson's corner. What is the secret of your power? And as he's getting, you know, like, because they're putting like. And he lost. The vassal. Right? Yeah, he did yeah, lose. Yeah, he did lose. He got, he got choked out in the, uh, yeah, that's the what, second round. That's so. what it goes. The guy who fought that was very good. Uh, so. I thought. So just just hard to you know Kobe Covington, what a victim he is. Clearly, the guy just loves his president, you know. Oh and God. and and you Kobe all is such a clown. <laughs> just, just a joke. What a joke. Um, yeah, it was kind of a. I mean, it was a it was a very good card, but you know the Leon Kobe fight was a little underwhelming because Leon just kind of cruised to a decision the whole way. Um, the title fight before that was, I mean, it, compared to the Leon Kobe fight, it was much more exciting, but it was also kind of a, a grindy uh, decision. Um, that Pantoja won, um, and uh, but otherwise there were a lot of finishes throughout up and down the card, and so it was a, it was an exciting card up until essentially the the, the two headliners really. Um, yeah, I, I, it, this one was not. Josh Emmett, did you see Josh Emmett's knockout no. of uh, Bryce Mitchell? No, this was uh, he. I mean, it's one of the hardest punches I've ever seen. He dropped him, and then uh, Bryce Mitchell started going into like convulsions. Oh God! Um, yeah, it was no. ki- it was kind of scary. He's okay now, like fortunately, but like it was it was pretty wild to see one of the hardest like hitting knockouts I've ever seen. I you know. Mm. So. All right. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's that. There's that. This is why you watch the UFC, man. Awkward. Awkward. Sorry. Somebody somebody chimes in in the comments on YouTube today to say, hello, what's your favorite body part? This is actually cool. Why haven't we gotten to that yet? <laughs> the answer is the filtrum. Big filtrum man over here. Where, where's the filtrum? Right, that's right here. The, the like, filtrum. between. The groove. Yeah, oh, the, right that's there. the filtrum? Yeah, the filtrum. Why? <laughs> we got a, Funky wants to know. Yeah, funky I'm, wants I'm, to I'm, know. I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm going to avoid that. Nice of you to check in. Thank you very much. Uh, I got nothing else there. All right, uh, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today. 
by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour, which returns a little bit later on today. Stan, Ross, and Luke talking baseball. That'll be at 4.30, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. You miss it live. You can see it at youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Stan the Fan, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson talking baseball with you. Obviously still talking about the Tyler Glasnow trade. Anything else that happened over the weekend that I might have missed? I mean, they'll obviously talk about the fact that the lease is being finalized today. I know I'm, I'm not really spending a lot of time on it. Because we talked about it on Friday. If there are any interesting details that come out today, we'll talk about them more tomorrow. But Stan, I'm sure, and Ross and Luke will talk about it today. Yeah. Uh, what did the, the Yamamoto did not meet with the Yankees? No, was... but he wanted to meet again with the Mets, right? Oh, Which is kind of weird, given... That's fine. I don't know. Very weird. All right. Uh, what you got? Browns. Uh, they had... So they went... They entered the fourth quarter yesterday down by 10. Um, and the Browns had previously lost their last 49 games when entering the fourth quarter down by 10. Um, before, of course, Joe Flacco uh, led them back to a, to a big comeback win, uh, which is not good for the Ravens, but uh, good for the Browns. Browns' last win when trailing by 10 entering the fourth quarter was back in 2014, week 5 of 2014 against the Titans. You know who was starting for... Uh... <laughs> The Browns. Did you guess who the Browns were starting that game? Manziel. No, it was not Manziel. I'm trying to think of what year this might have been in his career. It was. I mean, it's gonna be. It's uh, just, Cody Kessler. No, no, not Cody Kessler. Uh, Seneca Wallace. I think this was before he spent some time as a backup in New England for a little bit. Um, Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Okay. Yes, led this comeback. That comes from Andrew Siciliano. Um, as the Browns uh, had a big comeback. Um, each of the Panthers' last three wins have now come on game-winning scores as time expired. Week 18, the final game of last year, they they won as time expired. Of course, week 8 as well on a last-second field goal, and then yesterday, a last-second field goal uh, in the in the monsoon. The only other time this has ever happened uh, since the 1970 merger, uh, where a team won, where a team's three straight wins all came on game-winning scores uh, with no time remaining. Any any idea? It would be the 2015 Baltimore Ravens. I don't remember that. At I all. don't remember that at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. But the Ravens won three straight during that Super that ugly random. stretch. Yeah, that was a... uh, Texas won their fourth uh, volleyball national title yesterday. Beat uh, Nebraska. They did beat Nebraska. They are now tied for the fourth most all-time. Any idea what three schools have more? Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska does not have more. I uh, sorry, they do. Yes, Nebraska's like, five. Yeah, isn't Nebraska like the the home of volleyball for whatever? Right now, they're they're the third most. Uh, UCLA, not UCLA. They are tied with four with Texas. Stanford. Uh, yeah, Stanford has the most all time. They oh. have nine championships. Second, U- USC. USC is not. They are. They have three. Just behind Texas and UCLA. Um. Believe Hawaii, not Hawaii. Hawaii also has three. This team has seven. I believe they beat Towson last year in the. Uh, ah, well, now that you say that, should. I absolutely. Remember. I would have heard it yeah. was North Carolina. It's not North Carolina. Florida, not Florida. State, state. It's a state. Yeah, it is a state. Ohio State. Not Ohio State. Penn State. Penn State, yes. Really? Yes, Penn State, volleyball powerhouse. So they've Penn had like State. the same coach for like 45 Did years you or something. So? I, he's I'll made a tournament you. like every year. How about that? I know that because they played Towson All a right. year or two ago. Um, so, yeah, Stanford, Penn State, Nebraska, 
And then um, uh, Sam Laporta, he became the third rookie tight end. Uh, you know what? I actually know the oh, answer. Oh, you saw this one? Yeah, I saw that okay. one. Float. Third rookie tight end with uh, 700 Mike receiving Mike Ditka and John Mackey, right? And seven receiving yeah. touchdowns. It is Mike Ditka. I saw that one. And John Did you Mackey. see the um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown join which two players? The only three players in NFL history to record 90 catches in each of their first three seasons? Wow. Um, he joined. He became the third player. To third do player, ninety catches in each. That is a lot. Did Randy Moss? Not Randy Moss. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he got the vine. Jerry Rice. Not Jerry Rice. Um, Keenan Allen. Not Keenan Allen. Mm. But I'll go ahead just to speed it up. They are both active. They are both active. Yes. DeAndre mm, Hopkins. Nope. Dang. Uh, Justin. Jefferson? Nope. No, this is his no, third no, year. Nowhere close yeah, yeah. to his ninth season. His no third. Thir- you said in the, each of their first three years. Ninety. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah, my fault. 90, yes, yeah, my okay. bad. My bad. Ninety catches in each of their yeah. first three seasons. My um, fault. maybe Justin Jefferson can still get there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans. Not Mike Evans. Gosh. Uh, Julio, because he's active not Julio. <laughs> They're active. AJ Brown. Not AJ Brown. Ninety catches in each of their. What? Stephon Diggs. Not Stephon Diggs. How am I? How am I not getting this? Monroe St. Brown. Just keep naming rece- active receivers. Just D- keep going. DK Metcalf. Not DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett. Not Tyler Lockett. Just run down Debo. Not Debo. <laughs> um, man, uh, I was gonna say Larry Fitzgerald. He's not active. Nope. Um, sure isn't. Uh, Odell Beckham. Yes. Odell Beckham you got Jr. One. Odell Beckham Jr. He's a good receiver. He is. Um, 90 catches with Odell and Amonra. I'll say Adam Thielen. Not Adam Thielen. I'll say... I, okay, it'll give it away, but the other one is active. Okay. Like, active. he's active, but he's not active. <laughs> um, so it's not... Holy, Dez. I don't not, know, like, no, Dez is not active. Um, yeah, well, he's... he's okay. This player is active, but so he's, he's on not, a team. He's not active. He's on a team. Really should have given it away. Why? Why? I know. He's active, but he's not he's active. He's not active. <laughs> he's active. He's definitely not active. I, I, I'm so. I, I, I think the hint might be screwing me up because mm. I'm like trying to use that, mm-hmm. and I probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. He's active. Antonio Brown. Not Antonio Brown. He's definitely not active. Not on a team. Not. Um. This guy is employed. <laughs> he's not active. I'm confused as what to, what you're what you're getting at here. I I feel like you shouldn't be all that confused by it. I feel like the moment that he's he's played a little this year. He's played a little this a little, year. A little. Jimmy Grant. Yeah. No. Jimmy Grant's had like Jimmy three Graham's straight games. Had a hell yeah. of a stretch. Um. God, you are. I guess. So. My God, you said Jimmy Graham and you can't get to the answer. He's Michael Thomas. Thank you, Michael Thomas. Jesus. Of course. It's my next guess. I could not have described it any better. He's active. He's played a little bit, yeah. A little bit. He's on uh, he's, he's on my IR, IR yes, spot. Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> he's been comfortable on those IR about spots. about to lose to Joe Serpico in. <laughs> comfortable on IR. All right, very good. All right, Tubular is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here's what's coming up tubular-wise as the Eagles and Seahawks will wrap up the week 
tonight, 8.15 on ESPN, as well as ABC. And I believe there's a Manning cast on ESPN, too. Yes. Before that, on ESPN, you throw out all the records when it comes to the famous Toastery Bowl, the legend oh, yeah. of the famous Toastery Bowl. Today at 2.30, Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. Who's leading our uh, Not a good up? opening week for me. No? Uh, the bowl. I went three and four. Ooh. Yeah. You want to check on that real quick? Um, uh, winning right now is uh, Jabby Burns. Oh, Jab. Jab uh, was Six late and to get one. Ooh, nice start. Who's, PSU uh, dad, Jeff Clark. That's, Are you kidding that's, me? That's yeah. my cousin. <laughs> I don't cousin. think he knows anything about me. He is five and two. There's several people that went five and two. All right. All right. Uh, Morgan's in action tonight there at Campbell, 7 o'clock on Flow Sports. By the way, on Thursday, so we know uh, Wednesday, uh, Angel Reese and LSU are playing at Coppin State. Thursday at 1 o'clock, Morgan hosting James Madison, who's now number 20 in the country. Like, Towson plays on Thursday afternoon as well. In a perfect world, I get a lot of stuff done this week, and I pull a double dip that day. That would be. In a more realistic world, I don't get anything done this week, and it's just not possible. (laughs) Look for the best. Um, uh, nothing else college basketball that matters tonight and, uh, Monumental Wizards Kings at 10 o'clock NBA TV Mavs Nuggets at 9 o'clock NHL Network Kraken Stars at 8 o'clock USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8 some non-sports highlights non-sports uh, it is another episode of Big Brother Reindeer Games of course ah, and of uh, course. on on Seth Myers he's going to have Jeremy Allen White and Hannah Waddingham what's uh, oh yeah Iron, Iron Claw. the White Claw Iron Claw is it the Iron Claw Iron Claw yeah, yeah Iron, Iron Claw. Claw yeah Claw. yeah, yeah. Uh, Hannah Waddingham, of uh, course, she's going to promote her Home for Christmas special again, even though it came out like a month ago. Oh, I didn't know that was... Oh, yeah, TV. we did talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we talked about it briefly. Uh, Lego Masters, Celebrity Holiday Bricktacular on Fox, part one of two. Uh, that's on Fox tonight. Sure. And then uh, Rob Briggle's going to be on Barmageddon. Can't miss that. Following yeah. WWE, whatever it's tonight on the USA. Barmageddon. It's the weirdest bit. All right, thanks, Rob everybody. Rob great. Sure. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors. Rob Riggle on Snake Oil. All of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Oh, see if Carson wants to come in Thursday, too, because I think he's home. Have a great Monday night. Go Morgan Hoops. Duke sucks.